yeah, even if it is 40%, we'll still be fine because the other shit's not there. Because my, my CPU was pegging at 100%. When nice. Yeah. <laughs> Like uh, Hunter Biden, yeah, <laughs> yes, just like, just like Hunter Biden. Yeah, I don't think we've ever started a show at eight o'clock, Alan. You ready to do this? I'm ready, man. All Let's right. go. Welcome to None Taken, the internet's only debate and current events show. With me, your host, Dustin, and over there is Alan. Thank you for joining us. At the time of this recording, it's Tuesday, October 20th, 2020. I'm here in San Diego, and Alan is there in the San Francisco Bay Area. We are here recapping another week of current events and sharing way too much of our tragic personal lives. Please subscribe right now, wherever you're listening to this, and share this with your podcasting pen pals. Alan, how are you? Take it away, my good friend sir good hi hi i can talk <laughs> what is up everybody it's good to see you again man it's yeah. been quite the quite the eventful week <sighs> yeah we're yeah. coming in we're coming in on two weeks exactly from the election two we, weeks. we were talking about that before the show that the show's gonna end up being on an election night yeah two weeks on the dot 14 days to go ladies and gentlemen uh, so I'm sure it will be quite the eventful 14 days that we'll get to talk about in the next couple of shows. And we'll we're, we'll figure out something to do, I think, for election night. I'm not sure how we'll make that work, but we'll, prob- we'll have Florida results for sure when we tape. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think um, a later recording probably wouldn't be a bad thing. Uh, yeah. I could just stay up all night and try to, oh my God, I'm going to commit to something on the mic. Okay. Yeah, I'll just stay up all <laughs> night that night and get everything edited. Ooh. Well, you know I, what? I, I I'll take won't. Wednesday off, and I will stay up all night with you. We can we can just You'll chat. edit it with me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll just chat with you while you're. Yeah, doing that sounds it. good. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that'll work fine yeah. for the editing process. Yeah, it won't I mean, be an issue at all. You know what? If we do that, we'll just have like a live streaming show. Just fucking post the whole thing. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, it's another Tuesday. We are here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so my week last week was pretty. There's actually a lot going on last week. I, I had a lot going on at work, some sort of uh, stress-inducing things, but also some very rewarding things. It was it was a good week. Did you reward yourself? I did. Nice. Self, self-care is important. We yeah. discussed this earlier. <laughs> we talked about that off the show earlier, <laughs> yes. That was a private conversation, Alan. I did not expect you to reference it. <laughs> well, we didn't have to give any details. No, I know. I just, no, no, no. <laughs> it's all implied. Indeed. Anyways, so work was good. I had the weekend off, and a buddy of mine who was on vacation last week had texted me, and he's like, dude, I really want to go up to Bodega Bay. Kind of want to do a little mini road trip like we haven't been up there in quite a while. Bodega Bay is not really a road trip, but yeah, he's from Sacramento, I, so it's kind of a road trip Dude, I used to live in uh, Ronert Park, which is like south Santa Rosa, and yeah. Bodega Bay was a road trip, man. Like, I'd go surfing there, and it was maybe an hour and a half sometimes. Like, yeah. Yeah, it can like, take a while. Yeah, it can take a while. So um, we met up. Uh, so Candace met me over here at my place, and we drove to Novato. We met over there at Hot Monk in Novato. Have you ever been to Hot Monk before? No. So Hot Monk is, I think they have like six or seven locations, mostly in Northern California. It's it's the side project of one of the brewers from Gordon Biersch. Huh. Um, so he they they have some of their own house beers. They they are a brewery, and then a restaurant. Obviously, they have one in Sonoma, Sebastopol, Nevado. Oh wow! So they're pretty big up there. 
Yeah, really good. Really good food, decent beer, and they always have a, some good rotating taps, obviously, if you're a brewer from Gordon so, Beersh, I guess. Yeah, it you sounds could probably... a lot like the Gordon Beersh formula. Yeah, yeah, exactly, okay, exactly. cool. Um, and the one in Nevada has a super nice beer garden. It's, like, really nice. It's big. Um, they have... Uh, Perfect for COVID because that's the know. one you went to on your way to Bodega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we met. We met my buddy Drew. Um, he drove in from Sacramento, met us in Nevada, and then he hopped in my car. And we went the rest of the way. Um, so that was cool. We met there around twelve thirty. Traffic sucked. I don't know why. Well, it's all one uh, lane roads once you get out there. I mean, actually, that wasn't the really bad part. It was like getting over the Standardfell Bridge. Fucking bridge. Hate that on bridge. A Saturday at noon. I was like, what the? What's going on? Yeah. Traffic in the barrier seems to be coming. All it's the way coming back, back from, here today. I, I've had yeah. it all week. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it had really. It was actually really nice for quite a while, but it's back to uh, normal. Anyways, so met there. We drove up, and the plan was so go to Bodega. Candace wanted to go check out a winery in Santa Rosa called Paradise Ridge, uh, which we've been to before, um, and she really wanted to go pick up a couple of bottles of wine. And Andrew had never been, so we're gonna go check that out. So I went to Bodega. We got there. I don't know, probably like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It was a beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous day. Uh, the problem with that was that about 3 million of my fellow Northern Californians also decided to descend on Bodega Bay. In I, Bodega, I'm, not Stetson? I mean, Stetson's right there. I don't, you mean Stinson, right? Yeah, Stinson. I, you know what? I always think it's Stetson. Stinson Beach, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how packed Stinson was. I you imagine see every, I, uh, I can't see, it's over the mountain. No, Stinson is the beach side of the like the the west side from Marin Headlands. Yes, the west side. Right on the other side of Mount Tamalpais. Yeah, the Mount Tam. Tam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you go north from Stinson, the road will curve around into Bodega Bay, and then on. Yeah, I don't think you can see Stinson from Bodega. That's pretty far. Okay. I'll yeah. cut all this out. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Anyways. I, we used to smoke so, a lot of weed on that beach. This is our trick for smoking weed so we wouldn't get caught. We'd grab a towel and go like this. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's brilliant. Brilliant, really. Yeah. Back when it wasn't legal, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, if you're familiar with Bodega Bay, you kind of come in from the east through Petaluma, and you kind of hit the coastline, right? And that's the Bodega Bay, like the city proper. Yeah. A bunch um, of and uh, bed and breakfasts and stuff. Yeah. Uh, some restaurants, et cetera. Um, and so that, if you know Bodega Bay, when that's always going to be the most crowded area. And if you go north up the coast, it gets progressively less and less crowded the further north you go, right? So the first few beaches, because there's just beach after beach after beach that you can pull off and go to. The first few beaches, literally, there were just cars lined up all along highway, the highway right there. And the parking lots were jam-packed. The beaches were full of people. You could see it from the, from the road. Um... Didn't look like a lot of social distancing going on or a lot of masking, so that's a little concerning. And people were really jammed in there. I mean, really mm. close, really tight. Um, so I just kept going north until I found a beach that seemed like it was uh, you know, less crowded. There was easy parking and easy access. Some of those beaches are kind of tough to hike down to, too. Yeah. So I was looking for one that was kind of easier to get to. So I ended up going to Shell Beach, which is like, I don't know, maybe 10 miles up the coast, I think. So it was kind of out of the crowds. It was nice. Beautiful day. It was about 80 degrees and no wind, which if you know Bodega, wow. that's a really rare occasion. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah that whole area windy. is just super like exposed and windswept. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we're out there for about an hour or so, and we're like, okay, let's let's head back. Let's head over to Santa Rosa and check out the winery. So I'm 
none of us have signal because no phones work up there, right? When you're that far away from Bodega. Yeah. So, so I'm like, well, we're going to have to go back to Bodega because I don't know how to get to Santa Rosa without <laughs> going through Petaluma without a GPS, right? You don't have a Thomas I, guy in the back. No, I can get to Petaluma like without thinking about it, without that, GPS. That's so funny. Whatever. Like the last time I drove out there, I didn't have GPS. It was like hot maps or what was it? Um, hot maps wasn't a thing. Is that, am I conflating? No, but I know what you're talking about. The one you printed out? Yeah. Yeah. It's not hot maps, is no. it? Fuck, man, we used to live by that shit. I yeah. drove to Detroit from the Bay Area with like three pages of turn left, go straight for 91 miles. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wow. Wow, we're old. Yeah. Uh, cheers. <laughs> cheers to that. <clears throat> cheers. So nobody has signal. I'm like, all right, well, we've got to go south. I'm sure there's probably a faster way to get to Santa Rosa, but this won't be that far out of the way. So we're going south, finally get signal, and Google the place, and it's closing in 30 minutes. Oh, Damn it. So, fuck, because there's no way we're getting there in 30 no. minutes. No. So, my buddy Drew's like, hey, well, you, you want to go to the Tides, which is a, a really famous restaurant uh, right there in Bodega Bay. It's where The Birds was filmed, the, the oh, yeah. Talk film. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think Tippi Hedren does a, uh, like, a personal event there, like, once or twice a year where you can go get, like, her, her uh, picture signed and stuff huh. like that from, from the headshots. That's the word I was yeah. looking for. Um, they do special events over there. Anyways, it's kind of an iconic place. It's been there forever. In my opinion, it's kind of a little bit overrated, but I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I'll have some, you know, some shrimp cocktail and a, and a regular cocktail or something. <laughs> so, so we pull in there. It's super crowded. I'm like, all right, well, let's see what the wait is. So we walk in and they're like, it's going to be an hour. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not, <laughs> I mean, I, this place is cool, but not an hour wait. Yeah. So... Uh, my buddy Drew's like, well, there's this winery a little bit further down here called SCV, Sonoma Coast Vineyards, which my family are like wine club members of. It's, it's pretty decent. He's like, well, we could go check that out, you know, because we didn't get to go to the other winery. Go try that. You'd think so, that'd be the first option considering she wanted to go to a fucking winery. But... Right, right. But yeah. that hadn't occurred to us. Dude. Yes. That had not that occurred to me, dude. Had not occurred to me, dude. So we, we pull into this place and there's a bunch of people sort of milling around outside and they have like a back area with like high top tables. And there's quite a few people out there, but there's open tables, open seating. So we kind of stand in front, and there's other people moving around, but there's like no host or hostess or whatever out front. No real direction as to like what you're supposed to do. Real good recipe here. Yeah. So we're kind of looking around, trying to figure out what to do next. And I'm like, yeah, screw it. I'm just going to go inside and kind of see what's going on. So I walk in, and there's like a, a bar, square bar, and there's a lady behind the bar. She's talking to a couple people. And I'm like, hey, like, what's the situation? How do we get a tasting or whatever? And she's like, oh, well, we only, we only do tastings on appointment. You can't walk in for a tasting. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I said, okay. She's like, these are her exact words, I swear. She goes, I can do is I could sell you a bottle, and you can go sit in that field over there and drink it. She pointed at a field. On the property, <laughs> though, right? Like, near the pro- property adjacent. Oh. <laughs> She's like, you can and go I, over there. Were you guys, like, were you identified as riffraff? Like, were you I, wearing sandals and flip-flops? I mean, in no. shirt? No. I'm wearing a polo, like, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, I, <laughs> so I'm like, in my head, uh, I, I've never had your wine. I'm sure it's decent, but I, I'm not going to buy a bottle and sit in a field. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate the offer. Is this the consensus of the group? Because if I were with you right now, I'd be like, Alan, I would have waited an hour. Alan, <laughs> hold on. Let's drink a fucking <laughs> bottle of wine. I don't want to drive to a third location. 
Well, it's still pretty early at this point. Okay, I mean, like, that's right. It's like five, right? Okay. Well, I know how late this night goes, so yeah, that's still very yeah. early. It's very, very, very early. So, no, the consensus of the group is, no, we're not going to do that. So okay. I'm like, you know, I, why don't we just head back to the Bay Area, uh, you know, near where, you know, uh, well, we're going to pick up Drew's car in Nevada and then go back to my place, and we're going to go to breweries around here, grab some food, right? Okay. So... We do that. By the time we get back here, Candace is like, it's kind of late. I have to work early in the morning. I'm just going to head home. So like, all right, no problem. So me and Drew head over to the brewery, went over to Armistice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. We've had a few of these. I see where this is going. Yeah, yeah. So so me and Drew head over to the brewery, have a couple of beers, and a buddy of mine texts me, and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, not really anything. We're just having a beer with, with Drew out here in Armistice. He's like, well, you want to meet in Martinez? And I was like, sure. So we finished up our beers. Uh, had, we had some food there. And we had to Martinez uh, to meet my buddy, Craig. NBC. In Mar- in, yeah. In, and we went to Del Cielo over there. Uh, meet Craig. We have a couple of beers. And he's like, hey, I noticed that a couple of the kind of the divey bars that we used to go to out here all the time are now open because they were allowed to have some inside seating. And some of them also have like a back patio and stuff. So... He's like, you want to go check that out? So, yep, let's do that. So we go to a place called Whiskey Lane, which I'd actually never been to because there was a, a bar literally like a block away that I, I really liked. So I used to always just go to that one. So we went to Whiskey Lane. We walk in. That's the place I sent you the picture that you put on the Instagram story where they had that chalkboard sign that said, we don't like masks, we don't like selling tacos, but we just want to be open. So Yeah, you know, I, I referenced nice. that a couple times this weekend, actually. I like that. Yeah, it was cool. So... Grabbed a couple of drinks, and we head to the back patio. The back patio is pretty small. I, I want to say, like, maybe 30 by 30 square feet. Sounds about right. How many Not people? too big. Okay. Too too many people. Oh, wow. I was immediate, like, okay, this is a little bit sketchy. Like, I don't know. And they did have, like, a capacity sign up, and they were doing head counts and keeping it to the capacity. But it just seemed like people were right up on each other. Yeah, it's fresh air coming in. You're not indoors. Yeah. But it still seemed a little bit risky. Yeah, I know, man. Like I've kind of been, I've been really hesitant to get back to the Sooners bar. Like I've had shit I've been doing on different weekends. It's kept me from being there. But like yeah. this weekend, I'm on call and I'm kind of happy. Like I just, it's not worth it, especially for TCU. Like if I get fucking <laughs> COVID to watch Oklahoma play TCU, it's like, uh, yeah, it's just all bad. <sighs> so we only had a, a few drinks there, and. I told my buddy Craig, I was like, hey, why don't we go back to head towards your place? There's a you know bar over there that we usually go to. Um, we'll go over there and grab a couple of drinks. And he's like, yeah, let's let's do that. So we left Drew's car at my house. Um, so we're already in Martinez and Drew's with me, right? So then we drive to over to Craig's place. And as we're going, I'm telling Andrew, I'm like, look, here's what's going to happen. We're going to go out. We're going to end up back at Craig's house, and before you know it, you're going to be asleep on Craig's couch, because that's how these nights always go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you down with that? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's I'm good. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm like, all right, here we go. So we're heading over, and we, end up, we go to his place to drop off his car, and we're going to go to the bar, right? As we're heading out to the bar, he texts somebody that he knows that works there, and he finds out that the bar got shut down. Oh. So, so there goes that option. So he says, well, why don't we just have a have, barbecue? Have you been inside a restaurant today? 
Where? where? This is oh, in Pittsburgh. That wait, wait, no. Where did you make it to at one point? Um, uh, we weren't. We were in Hot Muck. Earlier. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Forgive me. And we were in Armistice too. And Armistice. Yellow. That's the last one yeah. I remembered. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's like, "Let's just have a barbecue at my place," and I'm like, "Yeah, let's do that." So I didn't really realize what time it was at this point in the evening. So I'm just kind of going along. We're having a good time. We're talking. Another friend comes over. So there's now four of us hanging out. And we're, we're barbecuing. And it's, we're not done cooking yet. We're still like, I'd say we're about mid-barbecue. And I look at my phone, and it's 1 o'clock in the morning. And we haven't even finished bar- grilling yet. <laughs> I, I don't know why this is my question, but was it Kohl's? Or, yes, it was charcoal. You son of a bitch. So you guys <laughs> fucking went through the ordeal of piling up the coals, letting them burn down, waiting uh-huh. for all that. Like, yeah. oh, we kept grilling. We finished. <laughs> no, I like, know. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like you did the long version. Like, we did the long version. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, he has an amazing barbecue. It's yeah. huge. It's been in the family for like you know seventy years or something. <laughs> it's great. Um. Anyways, <laughs> so he grills up. Uh, is it sausage, remarkable? chicken, tri-tip, uh, we had like potatoes. And there's what, four of you? Yeah, there's, oh, there was way too much food, dude. He made collard greens, which I always hated as a kid, but yeah. he makes really good collard greens. Yeah. Super good. Like the great, great texture, great flavor. Did you get so funky we, on the mic like an old batch of them? Absolutely. We did. So I think we started eating like maybe around two o'clock in the morning, somewhere in there. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, we've, we've ate food at two in the morning. I'm just not sure I've done it after barbecuing starting at one. Like, <laughs> right, right. So, so Drew passes Does he out have neighbors? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's like a, it's like a condo sort of situation. Oh my God. <laughs> it was all, they're all good with it. He's the head of the HOA. What are they going to do? Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. My so, dad owns a dealership. <laughs> <laughs> so Andrew passes out around three by the way we're talking we're having a good time spirited debate. oh you nailed we're, it fell asleep on the couch uh, oh no he he fell asleep at three oh. um the rest of us uh finally I looked at my phone I was like it's probably about time to I'm, I'm gonna hit the guest bedroom and it was five o'clock in the morning yeah you text me at like 10 you're like I went to bed at five, and my first thought was like, "Why? Why are you texting me?" And then like the next text was, "I'm going back to sleep." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I woke up around a little before nine in the morning. Oh my god, went, was it earlier? Than, oh my god. <laughs> I woke up a little before nine. I went downstairs. Uh, I was like, "Drew, wake up!" And he's like, "All right." I was like, "Let's head out." So he hops in my car, and I drive back to my place. Now, mind you, he still has a two-hour drive back to Sacramento from oh. my place. Well, that's his um, fault for living in Sacramento, honestly. Yeah, fair, fair. So I hopped in the shower, I texted you, and I went back to sleep. And I woke up around, I don't know, 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I started uh, working on the show sheet, show and sheet. I binged some Netflix, and, th- and that was my... That was my weekend. Dude, so. I laughed when, like, earlier today, you're like, yeah, I think I might take a nap before we do the show. I'm like, yeah, dude, your sleep <laughs> schedule's all fucked up. You're in your 40s, and you went, you bet it five, two days ago, or three days am, ago. Of course, you still haven't got your sleep schedule back. I am nocturnal by nature. It's a that problem. is true. That is true. This that's, is... That's my rapper name. Nocturnal by nature? Yeah. That's pretty good. I like that. It doesn't that rhyme very well, though. Yeah. No, but... <laughs> You know. Yeah. So, anyways, that was that was my weekend. I had a great time. A lot of fun. Blew off some steam. 
Um, and it was a uh, fun hat by all. That really sounds like a blast, man. Almost sounds like, yeah. you know, they didn't sound like normal times because bars were, bars were closed and such. But, right, right. You know, that's pretty Almost cool. Almost normal times. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was fun. Yeah. It sounds like you kind of really pushed the envelope on your risk budget. Proud of you. <laughs> a little bit. A yeah. little bit, yes. Yeah. Really yeah. test that immune system. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Stay up till five. <laughs> you smoke cigarettes or anything stupid? Oh, there was some secondhand smoke I'm nice. sure I consumed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Oh, How about you? How was your week? Um, yeah. worked last week was fine. I only had a four day week, came back rested and ready and, you know, rocked right, it out. Right. It was kind of nice. Uh, Friday night we had a little sushi date. Uh, they told us it'd be an hour and 15 minutes and we're like, that's fine. And it was like maybe 45 minutes. Um, it's not but, bad. Yeah, not bad. Uh, it was all outdoors, plenty of space and everything. It was cool. Uh, it's a, it's a good sushi place for San Diego called Sushi Diner number three. Um, nice. Saturday we had, uh, like a family birthday party. It's birthday season here in the hair household. I so, see. yeah. So it was my birthday. My brother's birthday is exactly a week later. And then my two brother-in-laws both named Mike, uh, their birthdays are in October as well. And it was one of their birthdays on Saturday. So they drove in. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have rephrased this. We held a super spreader event. Um, we had my brother-in-law and my sister down from Orange County. We had my other sister and her husband in from Arizona. They brought their kids. They both brought their kids. Um, it was me, my girlfriend, my mom, and my stepdad. So, Is this weird? I, I, don't they, we, I actually ever... just want to say they define community outbreaks as... Um, <laughs> More than three people, I th- more than a certain number of people, and from uh, separate. Different. I think it was more than three people, and from separate households. So, right, we'll let you know how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the the hair super spreader event of October yeah. twenty twenty. What, what were you going to say? Soon. Sorry, dude. I would say I don't think I've ever heard you talk about your sisters. To be honest, when my mom remarried, uh, oh, okay. yeah, they were they're his I got daughters. You. I yeah, got you. and okay. I finally got it straight in my head. Like when you show up having sisters this late in life, it feels like they're cousins. So I've called them cousins <laughs> right. for fucking ever. But every single girlfriend I've had has been really creeped out by that. They're like, "Why do you call your cousins your sisters? Like, why is that not important to you?" I'm like, okay, "Hold on." <laughs> Get this relationship status straight here. Uh, yeah, the so that was uh, that was fun. So we had like a little pool island that day. Uh, my brother did an Adderall because he'd worked too much the night before, and he got like really obsessed with perfecting belly flops, and like we <laughs> like. I, all I had to do was Wait, be like perfecting belly flops. Okay. Yeah. So I was recording it, and I was like, "Do you see how your hand kind of hit the water first? He's like, "Fuck, you're right." And then he'd go and do it again. <laughs> Dude, that was only a 6.5. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty fun. And then the next morning, it's like my back and stomach really hurt. And oh, we're like, sure. I think I have an idea why. Yeah, yeah I might know why that's the yeah. case. Yeah. So Pool Island was pretty fun. Might have closed down for the season, though. I think that was the end of Pool Island. Um, check oh, back in for invitations in the next season. Nice. Dude, it was hot here last the, the week. It was surprisingly it... hot here, too. I mean, I, th- I was under the impression as an HVAC technician that the heat wave ended on Friday, and then it got right. really bad on Saturday. Not at all. But... It's been really cooled off it's the been... last few days. It's really cooled off. It feels like that might have been the last yeah, one week. Yeah, same here. Overnight, yeah. like Natasha yeah. yesterday was like, I think it turned into fall like yeah. yesterday. It's college football weather. Yeah, there yeah. you go. We took the dog for a walk the next morning and we went down to like the end of the street here and there's this sort of open space. So we took her off leash and we're walking back. There's another dog that's like a chihuahua mix. 
um, also off leash and the, all the dogs in his neighbor are friendly. And he's like, oh, he's friendly. And I'm like, yeah, our dog's pretty friendly too. Uh, she can be a little antisocial. As soon as the words came out of our mouths, she had snarled at that dog. And then that oh, no. dog lunged and bit at Addie. Oh, and I shit. picked Addie up and like I hadn't swiped the other dog away. And as I picked Addie up, the dog didn't let go. And it was like pulling its body weight down. And I'm like, hey, you son of a bitch. And I like oh, grabbed shit. its snout like and like put its gums underneath its teeth. So right. it was like, and it let go. And it was... All I could think at the time was just like, hey, 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 hey. I said it like six times. And finally I was like, your dog bit my dog. And he's like, I'm just appalled. Like he was so like, the guy was so well, least, reasonable, yeah. dude. He was like, like, hey, if there's any, like, if you have to take her to the vet, like, just let me know. Like, just super reasonable. It was such a great, honestly, like the dog was over it before before we got to the end of the street. And I was actually felt like I was in a better mood having had a good interaction with the guy over it. The dog, was say, was it dog was bleeding, it, but you know, I'm just, <laughs> he's fine. He's just, yeah. It's a flesh wound. I would say, isn't it weird that it worse to like taken aback by meeting like normal kind people? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like even so, so we exchanged numbers. I was, and I, and I said to him, I was like, look, I, 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 I completely, expect to never have to talk to you again but just in right. case i mean you know right. and then i texted him later i was like hey man like this was just you know the I, I said like the dog was fine he was like thank you for being so reasonable about everything i was like no man you too like this was you know we had a little like we kissed each other over the phone. like it. i sent him a little like kissy emoji he sent me one back. yeah nice yeah. nice yeah. i like it so that like was fun um Oh, hey, last week's episode, that, that was pretty much it for the weekend. I didn't buy any records. Uh, we just kept it super low-key. Um, last weekend, the show cut off five minutes early, and then I had to contact Anchor's tech support to get them to fix it, and they couldn't, like, they didn't get it resolved until this morning. And I'm like, yeah, that's, like, I'm doing a new show today, so it doesn't matter. Right, it doesn't matter. <laughs> In those last five minutes, I gave a shout-out to Phoenix Ablaze. Um, oh no! Okay. Yeah, I know that got it got cut off. That sucks. So right. yeah, well, so let me get the spelling right. Is your Instagram uh, reconfigured? No, like the format, like layout. Yeah, the likes are up in the top right, and down in the bottom is like a shopping bag instead. So I have an Instagram account for me and for the show, and the show's right. account hasn't been updated, but my personal one has. So whenever I toggle back and forth, it's two different layouts. It fucking sucks. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, yeah, huge shout out to fan of the show, Phoenix Ablaze. Uh, that's P-H-X-A-B-L-A-Z-E on Instagram. Uh, Miss Tiki Oasis and Burlesque Dancer and friend of the show. What's up, Phoenix? Welcome. We appreciate the listen. Yeah, I think we call our fans takers. I made that up, but I think that works. All right. Well, welcome to the taker club. Yeah. All right. You want to get into sports a little bit? We can do a little news and politics and take a break and come back and do more show. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. All so right, sports man. sports last week, we finally uh, found out who's going to be in the World Series this year, the Dodgers and the Rays, which I... Do you care? No. I could be, I Me could be less interested nope. in that. Uh, you know, Padres played the Dodgers in the playoffs. Uh, you know, they lost. That was the end of the Padres season. For all I care, that was baseball for me. I, you know... Looking forward to a real season next year, hopefully. And according to Mike Bridenstein, he texted me saying, don't worry about the Padres being out. They're going to be annoyingly in the playoffs in the future. So I hope that's true. <laughs> that would be cool. That'd yeah. Be cool. Yeah. I, I didn't have really a dog in the fight either. Yeah. I was They're playing right now. So I don't care. Me We're either. here. I was, I was rooting for the A's. That's written for the Padres. Yeah. But, uh, 
Anyways, uh, in football, so kind of a big game over the weekend. It was the uh, the Bucks versus the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers walked into that game having not thrown a single interception in the first four games of this season. Did you say are, the Butts versus the Packers? It could be the Butts. I, I said the Because it sounded like Butt Packers, which oh. I think is a <laughs> slur that that's, children used. Yeah, that's not cool. I didn't no, even say that. Cool. I didn't the Bucks, say that. You said the that. The Bucks versus the Packers. Bucks. I don't know if that's any better, honestly. Have you seen the old image of uh, Bruce Buck, Buccaneer Bruce, like winking yeah. and with the knife in his mouth? Do I need to trim this out of the show, Alan? Maybe. Maybe. Right. I, I, I do recall an image of somebody winking with a knife in their mouth, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that guy. okay, never mind. Um, just start the subject <laughs> over again. <laughs> so, so Bucks Packers over the weekend, pretty big game on Sunday. Aaron Rodgers walked into that game having not thrown a single interception in the first four games of the season, which I'm pretty sure was a record. Uh, he immediately went into that game and threw two interceptions. Um, not a good game at all for Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady looked, and, and the Bucks looked pretty good. He threw two um, interceptions in like four passes, right? Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, Who won? So, Tom Brady won? Tom Brady won. And uh, Brady. they have the big white polar bear on that team, don't they? Uh, Gronkowski? Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah, I guess all they polar do. bears it, are white, but he, I don't know this what, one plays football. <laughs> I don't know what happened because I wasn't paying that much attention. He, to well, game. he was on Fox, and now he's in the NFL. Right, right. I know that. Oh. But his jersey was like covered in mud at one point in the, towards oh. the end of the game, so I don't know what happened. But He's all covered in mud. I don't know what, what that happened. I don't know if he's rolling around in the mud. But um, anyways, that happened. Hmm. Uh, that's pretty much all I got for sports. You had some uh, some college stuff you wanted to get into. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma didn't play last week. I don't care to talk about college football every fucking week, but uh, I just my I have a favorite thing in all of sports right now, and it's what's going on in the college football ranking system. This is funny and enjoyable, whether you're a fan of sports or not. Uh, every week, college football has the AP poll, and the Associated Press has people who are respected enough to vote on who the top 25 teams are. All year, even though two conferences haven't played football yet, teams in those two conferences have continuously have been, been voted on and been ranked right. significantly in this poll. And just so you understand, whoever's highest up in these polls, like there is a different... Um, whoever's highest up in these polls used to be determined as the national championship. And like just because that changed doesn't mean that these polls don't matter anymore. They're all kind of like influential on who wins the national title. So anyways... They're super um, influential, yeah. Yeah. So as of this moment, the Big Ten has more teams in the top 25 than the SEC does. The SEC's played played football for the last three, four weeks, and the Big Ten won't play this weekend, and I think, or actually they might play this weekend, maybe it's next weekend. Like They haven't played at all. They haven't played at all. So Ohio State, Penn State... Wisconsin, Michigan, and Minnesota all moved up in the rankings this week, having not Without played. playing a game. So they were ranked Brilliant. already, annoyingly, and then having not played this weekend, they all moved up. Minnesota moved up three spots. Three. Oklahoma wow. didn't play this weekend. We didn't move up three spots. <laughs> wow. Meanwhile, wow. the Pac-12's only ranked team, Oregon, went down a spot. And they did play, right? No, because Pac-12 oh, Pac hasn't even played yet. No, right. I think they play a week later than the Big Ten. This is so fucking stupid, dude. It's, it's very strange. Yeah. It's very strange. Uh, not, you had this Arkansas yeah. State story? Yeah, I just thought it was funny. It's interesting. Well, yeah. 
So Arkansas State, Arkansas State, Arkansas State was on my radar only because earlier in the season they were one of the only teams that was playing football, um, and so they're like two and three right now, or maybe three and two. They have a decent record for being kind of a shitty team. They just won fifty nine to fifty two and fired their defensive coordinator, their linebackers coach. Um, because they gave up 583 yards to Georgia State, which, sure, Georgia State's no good. Um, right. Like, always, like, the bottom of college football rankings. Um, but they gave up 500 yards in a game for the third straight game this season. So, in a win, they fired a bunch of their coaches. Which is crazy. And if you, I read the article, and apparently that, that head coach actually had, like, a personal relationship with one of the coaches that he fired and was like, hey, I, he's a really great guy. He helped me out in a really difficult time in my life last year. And uh, this is just something that comes with the job. I had to do this, uh, which <sighs> even even adds more to it. Yeah, a 59 to 52 win and you fire two-year coach. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, well. uh, we, we, we snuck it out, coach. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Bags. <laughs> Going to need to see you in the office. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Do you have a big trash bag or box <laughs> that you can use? What yeah. for, coach? Yeah, that sucks. It does. Well, let's move into news and politics. I we've got some heavy stuff, but I actually have um actually this potentially could have been a huge story. I hope you didn't skim ahead on this. Alan, did you feel lucky last week? I mean, it was a good week, but it I didn't did feel sound particularly like a good weekend. It, I didn't feel particularly lucky. All right, let me get into this article. Scientists had been tracking two objects in Earth orbit about a thousand miles above the surface. A Soviet Paris navigation satellite launched in 1989 and a Chinese rocket booster launched in 2009. Neither of them have any method of propulsion on board, so there's no way to steer them away from one another. They were estimated to come within 68 feet of one another, and the calculated chances were between 1 in 20 to 1 in 5. Oh, wow. Yeah, of them actually making contact. Okay. They didn't. That's Okay, that's lucky. Yeah. I mean, 1 in 5, holy shit. No shit, right? Have you heard of anything (laughs) called the Kessler effect? There is a thing. I don't know if this is what the Kessler effect is. Do you want me to tell you what I'm thinking of? Sure. So there is a thing where if a planet gets too much space junk in like its lower orbit, that it becomes very difficult to shoot like rockets, satellites, etc. up to get through that like area of just junk because it's just going to destroy anything that goes through it. Yeah, you kind of described the results of the Kessler effect, but the Kessler okay. effect is sort of this cascading phenomenon of these two satellites would have met each other traveling thousands and thousands of miles per hour and the kinetic energy that would have been released in that moment would have just been mind-boggling yeah yeah so that would have created millions of pieces of space debris like we saw what happened when like the space station is constantly like oh we got to change a window on our space station why a fleck of paint touched it like yeah Super so, small specks because they're traveling so fast that yeah they right. have huge and, and, damage. And they're traveling towards each other. This right. isn't like a car hitting a car at sixty miles an hour. Like you, we know what damage that does. Like this right. would be just smithereens immediately, which would right. have took out. So it's a cascading effect of satellite after satellite after satellite took out until there's just this cloud of debris above us. We'd lose GPS. We'd lose all kinds of communications. I mean, could you imagine just never being able to have a satellite again because of this? That almost I've fucking happened, heard, dude. I've actually heard people, you know, the Fermi paradox about why right. we like, haven't, you know, we haven't, why we haven't encountered alien life yet. Some people have speculated that maybe that's why, <laughs> like uh, most civilizations that 
get to a certain level, uh, fuck up their their lower orbit so much that they just can't escape their own planet. Dude, man, in 2020, I, yeah, I, I'm I surprised. Past 2020, I'm kind of surprised. It didn't One in happen. five shots. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. All right, man. Well, um, let's I'm get into pretty the, lucky right now. Well, yeah, right. Well, let's get <laughs> into the catastrophe of... that did actually happen. Uh, you have some notes about the town hall. I do. Now, I'll be, I want to be honest. I didn't watch both of them in their entirety. In fact, I watched very little of them. Um, I, I did note that Savannah Guthrie was getting a lot of praise for the way that she handled the president in some of the. She exchanges. basically was his debater. Yeah. And in some of the exchanges that I saw, I thought she did a really good job. She used very simple questions, which is probably best when t- dealing with this president. Uh, and she tisk tisk, Alan. <laughs> and she just followed up. She wouldn't just let him escape. Uh, yeah, you know, that, when she was talking about QAnon, she's like, "But you do know, you do know." Right. <laughs> that was actually really impressive. It I think really that's a was. clip we all heard, right? Right. Yeah, we definitely all all heard that one. Uh, so that was that was cool. Um, the Biden d- debate, or the, rather the Biden t- town hall, I didn't really see too much about. Other than apparently it got better ratings than Trump, so huh. you know he's not happy about that. He's all about the ratings. One of the interesting things that I did see was she, Savannah was talking to him about um, the concerns about his debt, with all the the, the stuff that had come out recently in the New York Times um, that he had a lot of debt coming due in the next few years the times i think it'd come out with saying something like 400 and something 450 421 million dollars uh in debts coming due over the next four years and she confronted him with that and his response was to say that he was actually very low leveraged i think he said leveraged or levered i'm not sure which one he said but basically what he was saying was that his debt to asset ratio is very low in other words yeah i have 421 million dollars of loans or whatever he didn't say the exact number but uh the properties that they're against are worth, you know, multiple times that. So it's not really that big of a deal. However, what do you think about that? Well, so what I think about that is if you actually look at the I Times think, reporting, that, and, and, and I, I think there was a Forbes article, right? Because I was yeah, reading the Forbes, Forbes article, article that you, this, you sent think, me that. Yeah, I think that the number that sticks out is they believe his assets are three point two billion, right? Yes. Is is that after his debt or That's before, before? Okay. Before. But then um, they they I, thought I, his half debt them, was yeah they they thought his debt was significantly higher than the four hundred twenty one million that was purported in the in the Times article uh, upwards of potentially one billion dollars um, and the problem with most of these properties and businesses these golf courses the hotels whatever the office buildings that he owns um, most of them aren't profitable. So their value is actually pretty questionable as far as... It just as... occurred to me that our president's a hotel manager during the worst time to own a hotel. <laughs> right. Holy yeah. shit. How did that never occur to me until now? Sorry. I'm sorry, audience. I'm a bad <laughs> podcast host. Had you realized that? Yeah, it had occurred to me. It is Although... his side gig. Or maybe being the president's his side gig. I think you had some articles about how they've profited quite a bit off his presidency yeah. though, because the secret service has to pay all these yeah. millions of dollars to stay in his properties uh, when he goes to wherever he goes. Yeah. I kind of cut him off the show sheet, but there was like $3 million just in, I think the um, Southern Florida, some Southern Florida board said they were able to identify like $3 million just going in towards Mar-a-Lago from special interest groups, which I mean, that's not a significant number when our treasury is churning out trillion dollar, you know, funding money but still true like it's it's not nothing no before this president that would be a significant number of money it'd be a scandal yeah it'd be a huge scandal uh the one thing that was i thought was funny that he said when he was talking about 
you know, his debt and uh, he was saying it wasn't that, that big of a deal. He said some of the loans he even took out as a favor to certain institutions. Okay, come on now. <laughs> this is all ego, right? Like when he says that, you have to be like, okay, how much was the rest of this ego, right? Yeah, I kind of, that was a, a shake my head moment. Um, anyways, that is really all I had for the town halls. Did you have anything else? Uh, on that w- you know, in regards to the town halls, the only notes that I really had were maybe a little outdated, but I still think worth putting through our mics is that, you know, th- this is kind of the order of how things happen. The town halls were scheduled after Trump backed out of having the online debate, right? Right. Which I guess that's reasonable. Um, I, I would have preferred to see them try it since we've all kind of had to try it, but fine. Um, I mean, it's not reasonable, but it, I can understand, right? Um, so Biden schedules a town hall on ABC. These are the order of things. That's the first thing that happens. After he schedules that, I think the next day, NBC announces that they've scheduled Trump on the same night, same night. Su- presumably to compete for ratings, right? Like, can mm-hmm. you think, like, was that just motivated for that? Can you think of a good reason? Like, do you think they were like, the world needs to know what the president will say in an interview? I mean, it's certainly newsworthy, and if you can is get it? the town hall, then do it. Yeah, but obviously the bottom line is they want ratings. I mean, that was, yeah, like, okay. Right. Um, now, initially, some of the reporting on that was talking about the conflict of Americans having to choose which channel to watch the town hall from because they'll be aired at the same time, um, and that we'll get our tailored version of what we want to learn, which is like an actual TV media version of what we've been talking about social media doing where they silo our information and only kind of give us our own reality. Um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I can definitely see that. I, I, I don't know what percentage of the population has a DVR and if they were so inclined <laughs> could watch both, but I think most, and I think they were probably both released on YouTube, but, it was just but I can see that, what you're saying. Yeah. 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 And, and the, you know, the next day or in the following days, I saw other stories saying that, like, locally, some places were like, well, we understand that we don't want you to choose. We'd like you to watch us, too. They'd play one after before the other, you know? So, mm-hmm. Like do a repeat or something? No, no, they would do, um, like, if it was scheduled on ABC at 7, they'd do the NBC one at 8. Because they were like, oh, okay. we don't want to make you choose. Come watch us right. afterwards, you know? We don't want to get half the ratings. That would kind of be foolish, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I just thought it was kind of interesting to think that the networks kind of were siloing our information and it's a little shitty that they're sort of competing for that. Although I can understand it. It just kind of sucked that, uh, sort of mirroring the debacle that we have with social media. Yeah. If you wanted to, you could only hear one side and that's right. the, that's the prism that we're kind of stuck in. Yeah. All right. So the other big, well, there was more than one, but one of the other large stories to break last week was the New York Post article. Well, I mean, honestly, the biggest story nationally was the New York Post article and then the fallout of it, I think. I think the top story for the week is that and the social media response to it. Yeah, I actually think the social media response to it ended up being a bigger story than the original story. Looking at my notes, I would agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So let's just get into it here. So the New York Post obtained emails that ostensibly were sent from Hunter Biden to contacts that he worked with at Burisma, the, uh, the corporation in Ukrainian Ukraine. energy company. Yes. The Ukrainian energy company. Now how they obtained the, <laughs> these emails is, is quite the tale. Uh, Appar- it's Bannon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Bannon is the one who provided the post with the information, but that's not what okay. you were asking. No. So apparently, 
Hunter Biden left his laptop at some r- random repair shop, uh, and the, the person at the repair shop, I guess, is Trump leaning and found this information and thought it was just too important to sit on. And so got it to Bannon somehow. And then Bannon and Giuliani pushed it to the media. Um, they Giuliani said that he pushed it to the Post because nobody else would take it. No other credible news source, that, at least that I've seen, has validated that. I did see this. Fox wasn't willing. Fox wasn't willing, no. Yeah, NBC has and AB, nobody has. Um, but somebody also hasn't denied it. The Biden campaign has not denied which it. Which is they've odd. Said, all they've said is that there was no record of a meeting between uh, then VP Biden and this official working for Burisma. So what the email says is there's basically an email from this official at Burisma thanking Hunter Biden for arranging the meeting with his father, uh, saying that he really enjoyed the time speaking with him. Which obviously, if, if Hunter Biden did that um, while he was an employee of, of that company, making pretty extravagant sums of money, and his father was the vice president of the country, who was investigating Ukrainian matters, that would be quite the scandal. Um, but there isn't any evidence that actually happened. The Senate Republicans actually recently investigated this also, and they found no wrongdoing by the VP. And that's Senate Republicans, I, I emphasize, uh, who conducted this investigation. I'm oh, sorry. You know what, though? You're right, Bannon and Rudy. I'll just vote for the candidate that doesn't have a corruption scandal and suspicious family members. Like, <laughs> I get the message. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like there's one candidate that has a lot of those issues more than the other. Um, so I'm, the like, real... I'm not happy about being in a position where I'm going to vote for Biden. All you're doing is making me be like, yeah, right. That's how much I hate you. Like, yeah. like you're right. You're going to make him look really bad. And on November 3rd, I'm still going to be like, yeah, that's still better than him. Fuck, how, could he... how can you make someone look so bad and still be better than you? <laughs> yeah. As we mentioned at the at the top, though, kind of the bigger story was how Twitter and Facebook reacted to this story. Yeah. Um, so Twitter actually refused to allow users to share the link to this article. If you tried to share it, you got an error message saying it wasn't allowed to be shared. Which I've never had happen. I've never had happen. Facebook also stopped sharing, uh, stopped people from sharing their the article on their platform. processes were different, though. Yeah, so Twitter said that the reason that they did it was... It, that it violated their well, TOS. First of all, their that, rationale changed, shifted a couple of times. This was their initial rationale. Okay. So the, the, initially they said that it violated their terms of service because they have a policy against distributing data that's obtained via hacking, which, which by the way, that's all people share on Twitter, right? Yeah. Like, like everything like, about <laughs> Trump and Russia was shared via hacking, I'm pretty yes. sure. So hacks or leaks, right? Yeah, and the stuff about the DNC prior to that was also hacks. Right? Yeah, and, and, and just to be clear, they didn't just say hacks. They said hacks and leaks. Yes. Yeah, so Which, like... like all Twitter you might as well not exist if you can't share that there. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't... Yeah. Anyways, uh, f- Facebook said they stopped sharing it because their algorithms had to fact check it. Basically, it popped up as fake news, or, in other words. And so they have um, things in place that, that fact check those items before they just allow it to be shared to the general uh, to the general public. They have since changed their story, or they have since reversed course, I guess. You can now share both these articles, both on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, from what I read, maybe you've read differently, but from what I've seen, basically what they said is, look, this is out everywhere anyways, so there's no point in us blocking it anymore. Right, you get I that Streisand effect, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the story, I think the day after th- this was blocked, that was number one trending on Twitter, was a story about Twitter blocking it. Yeah, it was another New York Post article yeah, exactly. about their previous article that was blocked. 
So uh, there's so much here. Yeah. These are private companies that are now censoring public discourse. And honestly, this story is pretty much not nothing there. I mean, uh, like I said, the Senate mm. Republicans have investigated it and found no wrongdoing. Uh, wait, wait, the, wait, wait. They, a, they've, they've investigated. Oh, the story about Biden. Okay, yeah. The, the New York Times reported, I think today, maybe yesterday, <laughs> that even the reporters that do you feel Actually, comfortable saying that? Which part? I haven't said it yet. The, the, there's nothing here. Like, like I, in 2020, do not feel comfortable saying that with two weeks left and the entire hard drive available, that all they had were some honestly rude pictures to share and, well, um, and, and, and this. Like, this was all implied already. I, I feel like there's, because there's been hints that there's something else out there. You've seen that, right? Mm -hmm, of course. Okay. I mean, so, those hints well, were from Infowars, so I'm not, you know, it's like <laughs> a chunk of salt, but like, you know, the problem is there people right, listen so because they've been right once or twice, you know? Right. I guess, So here's the thing. So the Times reported, I believe today, maybe yesterday, that the reporter who wrote most of the story refused to allow his name on the byline. Oh. Uh, in fact... In fact, the reporter, one of the reporters named on the byline, I think there was two, had never been on a byline in their entire career at the Post. Oh, was it like a pseudonym for Rudy Giuliani? No, no it was just some Was it random. Trudy Giuliani? It, it was, I, you know what, I don't, can I pull this real Are quick? you going to see if it's Trudy Giuliani? It is definitely not Trudy Giuliani. But it's but... Julie with a J. It's Trudy, J-U-L-I-A-N-I. Call up Trudy on the telephone. Send that letter in the mail. Now I've got uh, who's that? Charlie Daniels stuck in my head. Nice. This is what you did. To I me. mean, if of all the things you're gonna have stuck in your head, that's not the worst. No, it's a pretty good honky tonk. Okay, the article appeared Wednesday with two bylines. Emma, Emma Joe Morris, a deputy politics editor who joined the paper after four years at Fox News. And Gabrielle Von Rouge, a Post reporter since 2014. Miss Morris did not have a byline article in the Post before Wednesday, a search of its website found. Hmm. So this was somebody from Fox News who went to the Post and this other person. Uh, one of them never having had a byline at all in the Post prior. And apparently the person who wrote most of the article refused to have their name on it which makes me think that it lacks some credibility. The Post is standing by it, but no other news organization has been able to validate it. I think that Twitter and Facebook, in their hastiness to prevent the spread of it, actually, if, if, if their point or if their intention was to squash this story, they did the opposite. Twitter. Twitter yeah. and socials. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it, I'm I'm okay with Facebook's process with it. From what I understand, Facebook shuffled it into their fact checking process once it sort of got flagged by them or brought to their right. attention, and that's sort of more like just a metering process where it's like, okay, once this gets verified, it's distributed. And as far as I understand, that's what happened um, mm -hmm. eventually. Yeah, that's what Problem I'm was though, their person that dis that dis disseminated the information is a former Democratic Party employee. So it just doesn't look good when a guy puts on a new hat and says, hey, this story's not getting around anymore because of this reason. It's like, but you're you, you know? And the problem with that is it gives credence to what a lot of people on the right have been saying for some time is that, you know, these tech companies are biased against 
Yeah, and then they call for them to be thought. censored, right? Right. And okay, then but and then d- they go and do this and then yeah, and it's it's been sort of a revolving door between tech and sort of left-wing political movements, right? I mean, that you've seen that a lot including what you just said. Um so it's just do you think that the right and the left want to regulate or um censor these companies in the same way? No, they no they both want to censor them, but well, I think how would the you right, characterize the right's way of wanting to censor them? The right would argue that they are censoring the right and that they should let people on the right have a voice. And so they're, they're saying you're holding on to information and you're not letting it be shared, right? You're you're preventing us from using your platform equally that and then, what you allow. I mean, in what to. way does the left want to censor them? The left thinks that the. Uh, the platforms allow too much disinformation and that they should censor that. Yeah, and that things need to be off the platform. So how, if you run this company, can you satisfy both uh, those entities and the government? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I, t- I don't know. Uh, but it's coming to a head. I mean, there's been a lot of calls from both sides, honestly, that, you know, to regulate these companies, to try and treat them like public utilities, et cetera. I, I don't, I don't like that. I, I think that. What don't you like about that? Cause I don't like it either, but I'm curious how we differ or if we do. I just think that, I, I think that these corporations should be allowed to figure it out. And, um, I don't know how we do that, but I don't like the government being the one that does it. You know, I, I just yeah. think that, so in any other in any other free market the company has to adapt because their their consumers react want right what they are either refusing to sell or refusing right. to sell in the way that they want it right yeah so like yeah. I, I have a pretty decent it sounds like we're kind of on the same page you mind if I grab the wheel yeah go for it okay yeah. so like would it matter to you if a Amazon stopped selling a book for example like the, a book would be speech that's speech right um, but they're not under any obligation to carry every book ever printed right um, and if they stopped printing a book or stopped printing a book about a certain subject because they deemed it something they just didn't want to sell, that could have an impact on that specific genre, certain authors, maybe books in general. It could have an impact. But it's just they're, they're not under any obligation to carry every fucking book. And that's, that's where it kind of ends for me. I don't see much of a difference here um, about why you know a technology platform having a place for you to share information on you know they they don't have any obligation to make sure that every piece of information that's trying to be shared within their technology creation gets distributed i don't think they have that obligation if they want it to not be there and it in their opinion violates their terms uh terms of service you know i think it's worth distinguishing that I can support what I just described where they have the right to do that and I can not like the way they administer it in certain situations. And I think that's what we're seeing here. I think that they should not be under censorship and they should be allowed to do what they think is fit on their platform. But when it seems like a pretty obvious manipulation for specific reasons which seems to be to benefit a party preference man you didn't do a good job there man yeah i know i definitely see the analogy between the book and the the posts you know or the articles that are shared i just think that the difference is the speed with which 
these ideas enter the world is is just astronomically different between Amazon deciding not to sell, uh, you know, Marxist books um, versus a, a post going viral and millions and millions of people seeing it. Um, but I do agree that I, I don't necessarily that they're private corporations have the right to control their own platforms. I think the major problem for me is that, specifically more with Twitter, Facebook, I, I have less of an issue with, but with Twitter, it feels like they just invent a policy whenever they yeah. suddenly decide they don't like something. If they had a consistent policy that was applied across the board, then I think people could deal with that. Right. But when suddenly they're like, oh, wait, you can't sell or you can't post anything that's that's leaked or hacked on Twitter. Well, what the fuck we've been doing for 20 years, you know? Yeah, or at like, least that's, the last three, right? Right? So I, I, it, that just seems completely disingenuous, and that's where they lose me as a, a user and, and a, a yeah, it consumer definitely, of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I actually cut this from the notes because I didn't think it applied, but something you just said really fits. So there's, I don't remember the author or the name of the book, but you have three options. You have exit, voice, and loyalty. Uh, anytime you're a part of a firm or a company or a country that it's going down, you have three options. You can exit, you can head to the frontier, right? Uh, or you can choose loyalty. You can be a company man, put on a red hat and do this for four years, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, or you can express voice. yourself. You can, yeah, express yourself. You know, and I think that's what we what we can do by either not using the platform or talking about it for twenty fucking minutes on our podcast. You know. Well, uh, I mean, like Ted Cruz is talking about calling Jack. Ted Dorsey. Cruz sounded like he was reporting from a war. He was like, "I can't believe this is happening. You wouldn't believe the mortars that are coming from Twitter right now." I mean, he sounded like McCarthy. I don't know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but so he's talking about somebody calling Jack Dorsey. Somebody called it an act of war, by the way. I don't know who it was. Did from. they Some, really? Yeah, somebody called it an Jesus. act of war. I'm like, all right, all right. I, whenever Dorsey goes before the Senate, he just him haws around. Those guys don't understand what the hell's going on, anyways, with social media. I that no. doesn't ever seem to accomplish anything. No. I, I don't know. I yeah. no. I this is Dorsey if, in front of the Senate. Well, when I was a boy in St. Louis, I just wanted to be able to communicate. So I made a platform so we could do that. 140 characters. Yeah. 140 characters. Yeah. Definitely 140 characters. No, no, that's autistic. <laughs> Wait, or do you know what that's from? Yeah, it's from Rain Man. Yeah. Hot Water Burn Baby. It shouldn't make me laugh. Well, 147 is the toothpicks. That's how many toothpicks he counts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I remember 147. Uh, what's the flight? Qantas. 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 Never crashed. Qantas never crashed. <sighs> fine movie. Dustin I was Hoffman named after finest. Dustin Hoffman. Were you really? That's my a handsome, handsome man. Is he? I've never thought that when I've looked at him. I was just trying to be generous. Thanks. Yeah. You know, we're friends. The love interest in The Graduate, but I think she was just real horned up. <laughs> Perhaps. These things happen. I haven't seen Horn. that movie. Hey, where were we? Um, hey, actually, pretty much last on that that I had is a quote from Matt Taibbi. In, of Rolling Stone said on his stu on his Substack said the obvious double standard guarantees that the tech platforms will hence will henceforth be viewed by a huge portion of the population as political censors instead of standards enforcers, and moreover the mainstream press pronouncements such as uh, about such controversies will be deemed automatically untrustworthy by that same population. So, yeah, I, I think that goes back to my point of if they're gonna sort of gain their reputation back they need to 
come up with and implement policies that they can consistently enforce that the general public or at least the the public that is using their platform can can get behind and feel is a fair arbiter of of the platform that said this laptop ploy is very clearly a 1990s dick morris fucking clinton's scheme right like i'm i'm not falling for this shit 2 weeks before an election I'm not going to have my political opinion changed over a laptop, a repairman, and Rudy Giuliani. Like, that's just not fucking happening. That said, the rumors of the other stuff and other videos that were allegedly on there and scheduled to be released by the GOP really scare me about the consequences of that. Uh, you can look up the rumors. I don't care to say them on a microphone. So, uh, Unless you have anything else to add to that, I'm kind of cool moving on from that subject. All right. <clears throat> so we have some coronavirus updates. Um, they're not good. Cases are spiking again. There were 64,218 cases reported yesterday. We've been averaging 59,000 cases a day over the last two weeks, which is an increase of 34% over the two weeks prior. Uh, deaths appear to be flat so far, but that typically is going to be a, a later, it's going to follow the trend later, right? You see the cases spike and then you see the death spikes at some point down the road. The places where it's particularly concerning, uh, North and South Dakota, uh, Montana, Wisconsin, um, there's some reporting or some speculation rather that the big rally in Sturgis is, is partly to do with this, uh, with the hundreds of thousands of people. They've been that, using that, though. I mean, I'm sure it probably was. I get it. But just every time they fall back on that one event, like they How long ago know. was that? I don't know. The summer. like It they, feels like, like it was a while ago, right? They act I, like, I'm oh, well, we fucking know it was Sturgis for sure. It's right. like, fuck you. Like, just don't act like I'm that stupid. I didn't like, follow that all that much. It wasn't any of the rallies. It wasn't any of those outdoor events. It was the motorcycle outdoor events. <laughs> fuck off. Well, I think you could attribute it to other things as, as well as, you know, people in, not social distancing, not wearing yeah. masks, all that stuff, right? Your, your super spreader events yeah. uh, in your backyard pool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so not good. Uh, we're you. looking at potentially <laughs> a third wave coming just in time for flu season, although we've yeah. talked about that as hopefully not being too big of an issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, there still isn't, like, we're not concerned about this flu season in Asia coming over, right? Like, it didn't th migrate to the southern hemisphere up over, you know. No. Did you get a flu shot? No, are they available? Uh, I know people I work with have said they've gotten them. Oh, shit. I guess I should look into it. I, I, I will... But again, I, what are I they haven't. fucking basing the flu shot off of? Right. It wasn't exactly. another flu strain to be like looking at, you know? Yeah. So, I'm, this is I'm a not weird planning year, dude. You're, you're not just... planning now? Just sounds like there's a bunch of sugar water in there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm over it. Yeah. Just, you know, stick to my normal routine of vodka and lemonade. Yeah. I didn't wear a mask last flu season. So I don't know. True. Yeah. Neither. San Diego's on the brink of dropping into the purple tier, which I think. Think what does that bad. mean? Dude, I don't know. I would think that purple is better than red, but red is where we're at now, which is good, question mark, out loud. Um, it, so if we fall into the purple steer, purple steer, if we fall into the purple tier statistic and stay there for two weeks, um, then we shift into the purple tier guidelines, which is like no indoor restaurants, no movie theaters, gyms, all that kind of shit. So. Um, yeah, it'll be real fun if we get to do that again, but because we're in California where shutdowns work. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's okay. Um, 
We'll the color tears remind me of remember after nine eleven we had like terror. the terror threat ones yeah. and it was like a whole color wheel of things we had to figure out what was worse and what was better. Yeah. No, yeah, it totally reminds me of that. And then it's just, and that was the joke then is that we don't know what, what whether it's, I think of it every yeah. time with this. I'm like, yeah, I didn't understand it when it was fucking terror. And now I'm like just general anxiety and I can't fucking deal with this shit. <laughs> Wasn't uh, orange the bad one? I feel like orange was bad. I think it bad. was, but I don't know. I never know. I'm not know. sure. Yeah. Uh, today's update said we crossed the positive tests uh, uh, per, per 100,000 rate. So we crossed a bad number, right? We didn't want to be above seven. But since we'd tested so many more people than we had to test, the state adjusted that number and said it was okay. I don't know what the fuck that means. They were huh. like, hey, good thing you tested more people than you had to. It's okay you had a higher rate than you wanted. I don't know what that means, dude. But okay. Um, I saw, and I'm kicking myself for not taking a note about this because now I don't recall where this was, but someplace in the United States was averaging a 19.7% positivity rate, almost 20%. That's the per 100,000 or yeah. oh, pos positivity rate? Just, or like just a per role? test taken. Okay. Yeah, so per test, high, of wow. test taken, 19 points, almost 20%. See, that's a, I want to I want to say it was a Carolina, but anyways, sure. either, it doesn't matter where. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, so, for that's, example, that was my next stat. It, so these are all San Diego stats, by the way. Uh, in San Diego... Um, we only have 2.8% as our 14-day rolling average of positive, positive tests, which is really low. The threshold is 8%. But somehow that 7% per 100,000 is high enough that we're on the brink of being in purple. Um, oh, I, honestly, to me, this is what all fucking comes down to. Deaths, four new COVID deaths were reported in San Diego um, the last week. Uh, that brings just... Before you know, how many people do you think this whole time have died in San Diego from COVID? It's a, I, I it's not know. a small number. I'm not saying these are insignificant people. How many? Um, I've obviously, uh, I've obviously know. primed yeah. you that it's not that big. I mean, it's 857. That's okay. not nothing, but like a lot of people's lives have been ruined in the city. And I'm yeah. not one of these people that says the disease isn't real. I'm just saying, like, every time I see that number, I'm like, we all did all this for this? But I guess it would have been higher if we didn't do all this. I should consider that. Um, four men died. They were before between the ages of 50 and 80, and they all had underlying medical conditions. But, okay, let's close down again. Uh, meanwhile, San Diego Unified had a Zoom vote, and they voted to fully open their schools to full capacity with 35 to 40 students per classroom, which means teachers will be striking because they don't want to get sick, which means fucking chaos again, dude. Wow. And it's I interesting think, you talk yeah. about it's interesting you talk about schools reopening. I actually know somebody who uh, runs a private school and a pretty sizable private school and has been shut down obviously because of this. He spent like the entire summer just pouring over all the guidelines, the CDC, every public health department you can think of uh, to put together plans for, for reopening um, his school. In fact, he got so into it that his company actually made him basically the, the head of um, the head of reopening strategy, I guess. Okay. Um, so he was the one that had to come up with all the, the, the policies and how they were going to reopen and put together all the plans and what does this classroom look like? What are the rules? And he was talking, dude, it's a shit show. Uh, I mean, so in California, for instance, you have, you have the, the California Department of Public Health, 
right, the CDPH, you have the CDE, the California Department of Education, and then you have each individual county, all, each one of those three has their own guidelines that differ sometimes slightly, sometimes not slightly from each other. I even pulled reminds up. me of like electrical codes, how it's like, well, you got the national and local. Uh, right. Dude, I even pulled up. So I pulled up the Alameda County Public School um, reopening guides. It literally has three columns in each little section. Each bullet point has three columns. And the first column is CDPH. Second column is CDE. The third is Alameda County. And each one has a different thing in it. And he and said- you have to like highlight them to see which ones conflict, which ones like complement. Right. Oh my God. Right. And then imagine you're open, you have a, a company that has private schools in multiple counties. Now you have to create individual plans for each one. You can't have a universal one because maybe the one that works in Alameda County doesn't work in Contra Costa County or doesn't work in, you know, wherever else. Sounds you like very specialized labor that you get to charge a lot to <laughs> employ. Yeah. I mean, so he talked about some of the specific things that were sort of frustrating. He talked about conflicting directions or no directions at all. For example, what's the appropriate size for a cohort? Do you know what a cohort is? Yeah, it's like a classroom. Basically, it's a group, yeah. right? Yeah. So what they- it's like, what they I mean, I associate it with like grad school. So what they try to do is each classroom has a cohort, right? So it's the teacher, the, uh, the teacher's assistant, and the kids. Anybody who's going to be in that room, Okay. that's a cohort, right? And they want to keep that specific cohort together and not have them interact with other cohorts. So kind of if you say it again, bubble. he's going to come out of the fucking mirror. Stop. <laughs> so kind of keep those people in a bubble. Uh -huh. So, so how big should that be? Some counties provide a number. They say like that, that can be 14. Uh, some say up to 30. Others use general terms like I'm, small. I'm starting to get an ice cream headache. Right. Well, it has to be a small cohort. What the fuck does small mean? Right. That's they don't. What, yeah. <laughs> um, do students need to be six feet apart? Uh, some counties say yes, but there's also a lot of, well, Good where luck, what age are these kids? Yeah, right. There's also a lot of where possible and to the best of your abilities type language. So kind of, well, yeah, try to be six feet, but if you can't, you know, do what you can do your best, which again, just what are you supposed to do with that as an administrator? Um, Could you imagine one... writing down a law saying that you have to keep children six feet apart? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, go herd some cats when you're done. Right. This one actually blew my mind. What are the symptoms you need to justify sending a child home? So when they come, do you take their temperature, et cetera? What questions hold, do you hold ask Hold on. Can, just imagine the opposite of this, where you don't let the child leave because they haven't yet met the threshold. Like, if you feel like letting the kid leave, let the fucking kid leave, right? So here's some of the guidance that they got. If the child looks sick or looks like they might become sick, you should probably send them home. How do you look Every like Every child might... looks like they might become sick. <laughs> How do you deal with this? Uh, he talked about being on Zoom calls with uh, superintendents and entire, you know, public school departments. Wait, are they responsible if they didn't send them home and they looked sick? I, yeah, I guess. that's really important, right? Like, yeah, that's all I'd be thinking if I was sitting. And can in that you meeting. imagine? Like, if I'm the staff, I'm like, where am I just hearing this? And if I don't yeah. do it, it's okay. But hold on, can you also imagine? Did you calling... say butthole? No, no. I said, can you all? Can what did I, I say? No, I said Don. I, Okay. Can you imagine having Don. to call a parent who spends whatever amount of money to send their kid to your school every year and saying, hey, your kid looks like they might be sick. I think you're going to have to come pick them up today. Like, can you no. imagine? Yeah. No. I mean, no. <laughs> he described being on some of these Zoom calls where even 
even these public officials were not on the same page and were sort of arguing with each other in, in a public forum in front of the people they were supposed to be providing the information for how they're going to reopen. It's just... I mean, common sense has to take over at some point, right? You have to be able to be like, well, I called the parent and they said no, so the kid's still here. Like, all right. Like, I'm just <laughs> yeah. going to stand in the corner and not interact with the children for the rest of the day. Uh, I, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be a teacher. That would be a terrible rough. time to be a teacher. It's rough. I've I, been I in don't... a few... Uh, Monte- okay, I can never say this word, word right. I always want to say... Montessori? Yeah, I was, it always rhymes with rotisserie in my head. <laughs> Montessori? <laughs> yeah, that's not it? I think it's Montessori. Okay. Is Pretty it the sure. same word, just like a different emphasis? Montessori? It's an Montessori. O sound instead of an E sound. Okay, yeah, I guess it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you don't rotate the kids? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There was like the, I, I, the, it took me I, a second to realize what you were saying. Yes. Um, so no, we we were like we don't have. I mean, they're just running rampant and they're crying and the, you know the teachers are holding them and it's just. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ! I don't know how. I mean, you must love kids. Yeah, it's it. It just feels like a, a lack of leadership from the top down is just spiraled and and now you see what we have to deal with yeah yeah and too many different people whose opinions do matter um most notably individual parents you know because everything you just said comes down to i'm going to call your parents and they may or may not want to come pick you up right (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah so news breaking today that mitch mcconnell told the white house not to move forward with the deal with with Nancy Pelosi that apparently Can, this is Pelosi this is related seems, with coronavirus. Yeah. So this is the the stimulus package that they've been trying to get going for the last what two months? Yeah, I'm just stuck on package and stimulus. I can't believe I've never like connected those thoughts. Maybe we <laughs> did like in 2008. I'm sure I was like stimulus package. <laughs> <laughs> little little beavis laugh at the yeah, end. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh um so Pelosi had come out and said that her and Mnuchin were getting pretty close, that they had agreed on a lot of things. It hey. uh, looked like it was going to be out a $2 trillion package, I think is what they were saying, again. So there's a lot of concern on the Republican side that the White House is giving up too much to the Democrats, um, specifically funding for states that they don't want to fund, among other things. And so McConnell actually reached out to the White House and said, look, uh, kind of pa- take it take it a little slow here because uh, I'm not sure I can get this passed in the Senate even if even if you're willing to sign it and they pass it in the House. Which is crazy, right? Because like all the news on Monday and maybe even Sunday, like coming into this was, you know, like Andrew Yang saying, Nancy, take the fucking deal. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, and her saying, oh, we don't, like there was a recording of Nancy Pelosi or she was interviewed on one of the talk shows saying like, oh, we don't want to push this through because if we do, it's just so that the president can get his name on a check and give it to people before the election. It's like, shut the fuck up. People need money. Like I get that to you, that doesn't matter and it's all like a political play and I'm sure it'll matter to me after the election, but like just that's not what you got elected for. Like, I mean- Maybe it was like, I get it. Like on a higher level, you want a good continuation of government that you think will be in everyone's best interest, but there's people that can't afford to live right now. And your political game is getting in the way of that. That's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Guess what the other thing that the Republicans were concerned about in the Senate? Uh, I don't know. 
I'm blaming. Apparently, they were they were concerned that any vote on such a package could interfere with the Senate's hasty timetable for oh, confirming son of ACAB. A bitch. Are you serious? For ACAB, that's yeah. So shit, ACAB. <laughs> Dude, that's spreading. I know we didn't start it, but I've been saying it as long as anybody who's been saying it. I'm giving you credit for yeah. it. Yeah. Fucking shit. Are you serious? That is so I'm... sleazy. So on both sides, it's just... Well, these are very bad people on both sides, Alan. <laughs> McConnell said he told the White House he was particularly concerned a deal before then could inject unwanted unpredictability into the schedule, according to the Republicans. Um, so there you go. That's where we are. So apparently Mnuchin and Pelosi were close, and now McConnell is p- pulling the brake. So we'll see what happens now. I-, I tend to think that, I don't know, do you think that Trump might override this and just say, fuck it, I need this? Dude, I don't know what he's going to do from one thought to the next. I think if it's he... in his best interest to drive this through. But I agree. as Bob Seska says, Trump always well. does things that makes things worse for Trump. Right. If he did that, if he tried to push it through, do you think McConnell would fall in line at this point? Um, I mean, will McConnell get reelected if it doesn't get pushed through? You think he will? I think if if it becomes a battle between him and Trump, he's going to cave because he won't get reelected if he's not on Team Trump. I mean, he's already in a tough fight. Dude, you know what? I don't know why we're talking about any of this shit. Like, it matters. The election's been going on. There's been 30 million votes turned in already. Yes, this is so, true. So, like... What like we talk about polling? I have some things about polling. Like none of this matters. Like the election's happening. It's it's been happening for yeah. a while. So they should probably get the money out because all your calculations are probably not equaling what you think they mean. But I don't yeah. know, man. All right. Well, shall right. we take a break? So yeah. Let's let's go into the B side. I've got something really fun on the other side. Um, Will there be time for sharks? We'll see if there's time for sharks. All right. Uh, I'll all see right. you on the B side. On the B side. This is the B side of our platter, sports fans. And I'm singing just for you, covered in sequins. <laughs> in the canyons of your mind, I will wander through your brain. And we're back. Cheers. Cheers. Do you get random people wanting to send you messages on Instagram that you don't know? Yeah. Like sex? Yeah, usually. Yeah. You got what you drinking on? Uh, vodka lemonade. Nice. Sticking with it. <laughs> yeah. Minute made. Minute made. Cool I got some some pink lemonade today. Ooh, cute. Cute. Right. They were outer yellow, that's why. Nice. Where, where is my... this from again? Wendy's? No, this is just from like the convenience store. But... Oh, right, right, right. You, yeah. you mean you don't go to Wendy's every time you want another vodka? No, I don't, I don't. Where's your closest Wendy's? I went to Wendy's today. That's kind of weird. My Wendy's is super close, actually. Like half a mile. Oh, nice. Fuck, I'd be there a lot. <laughs> I am, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 Do you like their fries? I don't mind them. Hmm. I think they're okay. Yeah. I know you don't like Burger King's fries, and that bothers me. I don't like... I haven't had them in a long time. Maybe they've changed, but no, I also haven't. don't... I don't like Jack in the Box fries either. They've changed. I've had them recently, didn't like them. Yeah. yeah. Wendy's, I, I, they're good. They're, they're just... Fine. They're not as good as others, but... Yeah. In-N-Out fries are phenomenal. Yeah, you get them light well. 
Speaking of things that are light and well, let's get into our side B topics, Alan. That's a transition. Didn't I ask you to set me up on something? Was that a different thing or was that what I just gave away? I don't know. You just said that you had a a lighter topic to come back to on the B side because my next topic is protests in Thailand, which isn't exactly light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Can I talk to you in the kitchen really quick? Sure, yeah. Remember when I told you to like set me up for sharks and then I was like, Oh yeah, that was right now? Is, I don't remember. I think there's actually another topic too that I was kinda wanna talk about too, but it might have just been sharks. I had sharks like way later, but we can do it now. No, no, no. If you have sharks later, just do it then. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because usually Dustin explains things that goes after the news, but we can keep we can put it here if you want. I just think it gets lost maybe. Does it? Should we yeah. just do it? I now? think we do too much news. Yeah. And then people don't know that all these things happen at the end. Should we just do it now? Let's just do it now. Let's do it now. Cool. Hey, so Dustin, you had a topic. You wanted to explain things. I don't know if it was poorly this time or just explain things generally about sharks. Well, so I did want to talk about sharks this week, but then I found this really cool story about brownie in motion, and that's supposed to be impossible. So I figured we could talk about sharks next week. Oh, sweet. So yeah. what you're saying is there's no, no time, time for, for sharks. sharks. No, there's no time for sharks this week. Sorry. <laughs> I do have a good story about sharks, I swear to God. <laughs> like, I want to tell the story about sharks, but not as much as I want to talk about brownie in motion. So um, the, this is totally worth bumping sharks for because the implications of this discovery are, like, I, they can't be understated. Uh, that said, at the at this time, it's really just uh, like a sketch and an idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let me sort of set this up just a little bit. Uh, here's the claim. Researchers have made a circuit that creates limitless energy. So keep in mind, there's things about this that I significantly don't understand. Uh, as an HVAC technician and a curious one, I am proficient with the way electricity works. But that said, uh, as an HVAC technician... Uh, despite being a curious one, I'm kind of a dummy, so bear with me, right? <laughs> um, but like I said, if this proves to be true and they can take this from what is now only an idea and a sketch, this is a big deal. So uh, so a research team led by Paul Savato, a professor of physics and lead researcher at the University of Arkansas. <laughs> I can't not. Uh, the University of Arkansas, he published a paper in the journal Physical Review, and in it they explain how they developed a circuit that can generate electricity by capturing graphene's thermal motion. Alan, I know you know what graphene is. Why don't you tell us? I have no idea I'm what graphene just kidding. is. Graphene's a two-dimensional sheet of carbon atoms. So the carbon atoms, I'll describe it. You'll, I'll give you a great mental image. You got this. The carbon atoms are shaped into a hexagonal lattice. So if you're looking at this in your head, um, look at a sh- your, when you look at a sheet of graphene, it's one atom thick. It's a sheet that's one atom thick, and it's a two-dimensional object. And the, the two-dimensional sheet is arranged hexagonally in the hexagonal shape or pattern. So if you're, if you're picturing atomic chicken wire, then you're exactly right. <laughs> so just imagine just a sheet of chicken wire that's at the atomic level in terms of thinness, right? I think I've actually, now that you describe it, I think I've actually seen this pictured up before. So I, I, right. can, I can see it in my head, yes. Okay, cool. Atomic so chicken wire, got it. We're talking thin, right? One, one so, atom thick. One atom thick, yeah. Right. So they're calling this an energy harvesting circuit. 
So graphene has these nanometer-sized rippling and buckling effect that takes place in it. So like if, you're, if you picture a room with like a clothesline in it and hanging from the clothesline, sort of like film developing in a dark room, are sheets of this graphene. If they're just sitting there in that room uh, and, and this incredibly thin sheet of graphene, so if that's just hanging in that room at room temperature, it just, it does, it has this rippling and buckling effect. So like if you were to look at it close up, you'd almost imagine it making these like waves, right? Just sitting there. Um, and they're not, scientists are not 100% sure why that is, but they've come up with an idea that there are subatomic particles that are interacting with the graphene because it's so thin. And that's what's pushing and pulling the graphene around. It's just the velocity of the subatomic particles. Are you following me? Yeah, and that's how it's related to Brownian motion because that's Brownian motion is at, at a larger scale, right? Yes. Okay, so I'm getting there. Okay. So what? So they found at room temperature, the graphene's thermal motion induces an alternating current in the graphene. And wow. if those two words sound significant to you, then your ears are working because I'm describing creating <laughs> electricity. electricity. Yeah, yes. an electrical current. That's what we use to power things. We use alternating current electricity. Now, um, what I'm what I'm what I'm saying is that when the graphene is pushed and pulled, which is what is happening at ro normal room temperature which it does all the time, which don't do anything to this, that actually creates an alternating current. So there's one problem with this. You familiar with Richard Feynman? Mm -hmm. Now, you actually introduced me to, to him, not you didn't actually... I, I didn't like to be like, hey, here's Richard Feynman. Yeah, I, wasn't, no. I wasn't familiar. Yeah. Tell, tell me how you... What, you know, I, I know you look up to the guy. So Feynman was a physicist who's famous for... Well, another, a couple things. Probably the, thing. probably, yeah, probably the most famous thing is his work on the, the Challenger. When the, the Challenger exploded, he was the one that sort of, it was the whole team, but he was the one that sort of figured out the reason for the explosion of the Challenger. But he was also very good at taking these really, really complex, difficult to wrap your brain around physics subjects and just sort of explaining them in a way that your average person could kind of understand and, and make sense of um he wrote famously some six easy pieces and i think he did another one which is like six more easy pieces or something like that where he just took these concepts of physics and just really laid them out and really like kind of your everyday layman could understand um for people who are interested in physics but maybe you know didn't major in that at a in Harvard, you know, they, they could still pick up those subjects and they could kind of understand what was going on what was happening um so Super interesting guy, tragically um, gone too soon. Um, but yeah, definitely I, a hero of mine. Yeah, me too. Yeah, 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 definitely a hero of mine. Well, I mean, after you, you so you um, you let me borrow that book, Six Easy Pieces, and I read it right. when I was climbing Half Dome, actually. Uh, nice. Yeah, I was just sitting there on the base I of Half Dome. I remember that, yeah. Reading that. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Um, and I highly recommend the audiobooks, if anybody, uh, the, the audio book of Six Easy Pieces, because it's his lectures, and it's actually his voice from the lectures, and the guy sounds like Yogi Bear. <laughs> anyway nice. there's a reason I'm talking about Feynman um, there's one problem with Brownian motion Richard Feynman predicted that it's impossible <laughs> and I tend to fall back on his opinion on things um, so he described Brownian motion as this sort of random stochastic motion things do based upon ambient heat and you're not supposed to be able to do work or get work or empower energy out of that motion right like you're not supposed to be able to because the idea is like if that ambient heat is sort of affecting everything in the room then you can't harness the 
the energy in it because it's taking effect on everything, right? Right. So Follow- it would have it would have equal and opposite. I maybe Actions that's I might be getting a little like outside of okay. how comfortable I can explain that, but sure. Okay. Um, so, so the problem is, or not the problem is, but the way that these researchers have explained that away is that Feynman didn't account for the diode switch. It wasn't a thing then. Um, they're basically able to use a different type of switch, or you can think of it in this case as like a valve, to funnel this small amount of unworkable energy into capacitors from which it can be used like a battery to power things. So a diode is basically a one-way gate for electricity is what a diode is. I think is. it can be used that way. I, yes. That's, yeah, and I could be so wrong there. So what I'm picturing is like a perpetual motion machine, but at atomic level size, right? So if you could create a perpetual motion machine, you know, like the, the bird that's drinking the water, you know, doing that. Yeah. If it could just do that forever and ever without ever stopping, then you could harness that and you could create energy using it that would be costless but that's impossible right to do that yeah, i mean that's, perpetual motion that's the way exist. that we think about perpetual motion right but that's not what's happening here what's happening here is we're zoomed out too far to see the fact that these sheets of the chicken wire arranged carbon atoms right are being bombarded by subatomic particles and it's just causing them to move a little move bit around. and when they right. move they do it in just a way because we picked the right material to make it out of that it creates an alternate in the right current. configuration yes yeah isn't that crazy so, that would be... so now what we can think of is instead of harnessing electricity from generators, having wires and tubes bringing them from there to your outlet, you don't need that. You can have some sort of graphene um, powering apparatus yeah. that, that is just there at the point of the device to provide a small supplemental piece of power so that the rest of the power isn't being like, you know, that load is, or, I mean... These could power cars in the future, right? Or it can help power the electronics in the cars. Wow, that's really cool. Right? Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it hasn't been produced yet. but the um, Oh, I just want to say uh, their, their way of sort of explaining to a little bit more than just that diode switch is um, Feynman didn't really disprove Brownian motion. What he did was use an earlier physicist's model of a ratcheting system to compare how it would capture the energy. Mm-hmm. And in their demonstration, the ratchet would actually become hot because it's the point that's like trapping the the the, the energy. And then once the, the ratchet point becomes hot, you can't be funneling the energy from high to low. It would get stuck at that high point. Otherwise, you'd be violating the second law of thermodynamics, right? So he just all all Feynman proved was if you use what is the most logical method of capturing that energy, you'd get a hot ratcheting point, and that would that would dis that that wouldn't be possible due to thermodynamics. Uh, and all the energy would be lost, if, or it if, wouldn't be if, yeah, or it would stop there, right? It would right, be absorbed right. at that point. Um, right. And and that's it. But if he could look at this now, I think he'd think of it differently. Wow. I know it's exciting, man. <laughs> that's pretty cool stuff. So we don't have time for sharks. Damn it! I know. I, that's all right. That was that was worth superseding sharks. Yeah, yeah. A, okay. a, a free, and, and never-ending, th- environmentally friendly energy source seems right? seems good. Yeah, and and I think we needed it because we've got you know we got some good subjects in the second half, but we needed a good break in between everything. So should we talk about the the U.S. China tensions escalating? Yeah. So I actually don't. You know, I I don't. I mean, I feel like it's always happening, but I don't think I specifically know the, these new... I think when you put this down on the show sheet, I said, what? When? Today? How? You did. Yeah. 
So this was over the weekend last weekend that this article came out that I saw. I, I was at the bottom of the pool. Sorry. Right. right. <laughs> um, so what has happened is that over the, the course of the summer, the U.S. has discovered that a number of Chinese scholars who are residing in the U.S. failed to disclose that they were part of the Chinese military on their visa applications. Um, so the U.S. has come out saying that they will detain these these Chinese citizens if they can prove that this happened. Uh, China has pushed back, obviously, against that. Um, most recently, Hu Zijin. I don't know if I said that right or not, but we're going to go with it. Who is the chief editor of the Global Times, a newspaper linked to the Communist Party, wrote on Twitter. Are we getting into conspiracy? Because... I, I don't know what thread you're pulling on here because there is a real deep rabbit hole with China conspiracy theory and like leading gangs and global power grabs right now. I, like, I don't want to get into it. I don't believe it, but it's fun. Okay. I was not pulling on that thread. Okay. This was just something that popped up on my radar that I thought was interesting. It's just another example of tensions escalating between superpowers that seems to sort of go unnoticed like if i hadn't yeah. read this article i wouldn't have seen this anywhere in the news yeah like i don't know no, I, by I didn't all hear means this. so that's that's why i pulled it is because it just seems like well just similar to the thing that happened in syria with with the russians ramming the the u.s yeah nobody um, talked about no, it nobody talked about that and that is two superpowers like with nuclear arsenals with nuclear arsenals just and casually escalating. getting into conflict with each other like right. that's not how world wars and have started and it's just under the radar. It's like it's nowhere. Uh, so this is what Hu Zijin uh, posted on I Twitter. I honestly feel like you're nailing it, dude. <laughs> Besides, the U.S. has attained quite some Chinese scholars on spy charges, which is not good to safety of some U.S. nationals in China. I'll read Ooh, that. That's sentence. a threat. I'll read that sentence again. The U.S. has detained quite some Chinese scholars on spy charges, which is not good to safety of some U.S. nationals in China. He goes on. Does Washington need to be warned? It's common sense. In my view, hegemony has turned some U.S. elites stupid or they're pretending to be stupid. Wow. Those Fucking are not... Fucking shots. Who is this right? person? Uh, he is the chief editor doot of the Global doot. Times, which Say is a newspaper. Again. Say that again without doot to doot <laughs> Hughes E. Jin, the chief editor of the Global Times, a newspaper linked to the Communist Party. Okay, so it's a newspaper editor. The interesting thing is that the the State Department and the DOJ is certainly taking these things seriously. Um, it's not like they're ignoring it. Um, a Justice Department spokesman declined to comment on whether Chinese officials had delivered warnings about plans to detain American citizens to retaliate for prosecutions of Chinese scholars. What, so what is declined to comment? I mean, it sounds like it, it it's happening. We are you, aware you, that... Chi we are aware the Chinese government has, in other instances, detained American, Canadian, and other individuals without legal basis to retaliate against lawful prosecutions and to ex exert pressure on their governments with a, a callous disregard of the individuals involved. John C. Demers, the head of the Justice Department's National Security Division, said in a statement, If China wants to be seen as one of the world's leading nations, it should respect the rule of law and stop taking hostages. So it certainly doesn't sound like they're just like taking this with a grain of sand. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, this is, again, my point is, is not that this is some huge conspiracy theory. It just seems like an example where we have two superpowers with, like, like you said, a nuclear arsenal, um, talking about detaining each other's citizens in their country because they don't like the actions the other is taking, um, which is an escalation of tensions any way you look at it. I think we need to bring back the ancient practice of exchanging hostages. You familiar with this? I don't think so. So uh, differing countries would just exchange children of certain elites so that the kids of one country be raised by elites in the other country and vice versa. That way you don't do anything to upset that other country so they don't kill your children. Oh. Didn't that go really bad in... Carthage? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I remember reading yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Only in the last Punic War, but up until then it was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's a good form of deterrence, but I mean, I would volunteer a few families' children, but no one <laughs> I care about. Yeah. So in Carthage, didn't they like line them all up and just murder them in front of their families? Kind of? Uh, Carthage was pretty sad. It's called the Carthaginian solution. Anytime you want to just get rid of a country from history, mm-hmm. like they just, they, they burnt the city down. They raised the city and then poured salt in the fields and they let like a handful of old women walk into the desert. So I'm sure they're fine. Wow. Carthage is like modern day Tunisia. Okay. All right. So I had one more quick story. We had talked on the show a couple weeks ago, I think, about phosphine being discovered in Venus's atmosphere. Yeah, this, this is like a three-peat on this subject. I love it. Right. So you got a new update on that? Yeah. Now, I, I want to be, be clear that this has not been duplicated. In other words, the... the this paper was written by some Indian scientists who say they've they found evidence of an amino they acid. They prefer to be called Native Americans. No, 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 Indian like the con- subcontinent. Oh, okay. So yeah. you don't think that Cherokees can be scientists, Alan? <laughs> no, I was just being accurate. All right, so back to Venus. So we talked about uh, phosphine being discovered in the atmosphere, which it seemed like it wasn't possible for it to be there other than through a biological process. Although there's there's some dissent about that, so they're still working that out. So this last week we had some reporting. Some scientists out of India have found a, a basic amino acid in this same atmosphere in Venus called glycine. Now these amino acids are the building blocks of proteins, um, which is the building blocks of life, right? So this would be, again... Dino ev- DNA. Right. They found dino DNA. <laughs> this, would, this would, again, potentially be evidence of biological um, life on on Venus, or at least in the atmosphere. However, this hasn't been peer-reviewed. Nobody's been able to duplicate it. There's some caveats. Glycine is very similar to some other uh, chemicals, which are not amino acids, which could potentially be mistaken for. Um, So jury's still out, but it's interesting that we have these almost back-to-back weeks where they're discovering more things in, in this atmosphere in Venus, which... You know, up until the phosphine discovery, it just seems like such an inhospitable planet for there to be yeah. any. Oh any no, life it's at hilarious, all. right? Like it's it's like the ancients looked up to the night sky and saw this yellow orb and said, "Ah, our sister planet, a lush, <laughs> vibrant place where we our souls ascend to." Right. <laughs> really, it's no. a shit show. Yeah, you, you don't want to go there at all. Yeah. Definitely not. Do, do you know its days are... So it's... Okay, I'm, I can do this. It orbits the sun like every 2,000 days, but it rotates like every 200 Earth days. So like a week or a year there, you can get a lot of shit done. 
Well, I mean, if you don't just like burn up because it's like the temperatures right, are that. crazy. Yeah. Uh, and all there's uh, the acid and all that kind of stuff in the. Yeah. It's not a very hospitable place. So I kind of got into a rabbit hole with that. And um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, Jupiter orbit uh, rotates like 10, like every 10 Earth hours. Oh, Jupiter wow. orbits so fast that it's it's a wide boy. Like it's it's wider <laughs> in the hips than it is on the tops. Isn't that cute? I, I like the way he said wide boy. He's a wide boy. He's a wide yeah. boy. Yeah. Oh, give it pets. Yeah. Uh, okay, so oh, so it kind of does look like a corgi, huh? <laughs> right. All right, so that is all I have for news and comment. Do you have anything? Uh, I said news and comment, news and politics. Do you have yeah. anything else? No, no, all we right. made it through it. We made it through. So let's talk about media. Oh wait, 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 wait. Um, <laughs> I have one story that I actually wanted to bring up last week. I keep forgetting. Okay. Um, it, it may be a throwaway. We may cut it out, but. Have you heard of COVID fog? I did see this somewhere. I don't recall where, and I don't remember what it is, but I, I think I, I did don't see feel it like somewhere. I'm hearing like really. I mean, obviously, it's a new phenomenon and it could turn out to just be psychosomatic, but mm-hmm. people are claiming to have like alien hand syndrome or just like odd mental fatigue, just inability to perform basic math. Um, I've heard that anecdotally throughout the, the pandemic. From people that had that survived COVID. It. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So a UCLA researcher published a paper explaining it as a form of PTSD after the fear and invasiveness of the virus and the infection and ways that it was being treated. I could see that. I don't know. Like, I think it kind of sounds like bullshit. Like, I mean, if it's true... Why would you have to have had the disease to have had the PTSD, right? Like, haven't we all been kind of under a bit of PTSD from this shit? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely, I could definitely say that I've had some mental fatigue lately, and not mental fatigue, like mental fogginess, you know. But how much of that I would chalk up to that, or you know, just I think a it would be a lot over the weekend. <laughs> I think it'd be a lot more intense had you actually been infected and gone through the symptoms. I, I don't. The thing that the symptom that's always been really strange to me is the loss of taste and smell. I don't know. Have you heard any like reason as to why they think that happens? No, no, I haven't I have either. Asked. I've asked so many. I've looked in places, and because uh, I when I thought I might have had it, I was yeah. trying to find out what the taste was that it was replaced with. Or if you just have no taste, because I had heard some people say, oh, I had a taste in my mouth. Hmm. And I think I settled on everyone's got a different taste. Hmm. Interesting. But their tastes change. I mean, so I sometimes when you get sick, like you get a cold or something, things taste different just because like your mucous membranes are different or impacted, right? But Yeah, right. Oh, because so much of taste is smell. Did right. you know smell's the original sense? Would you have guessed that? No, I know. I know it's a very powerful sense. It's it's the original sense. So before we had ta- uh, what taste, sight, touch, anything like that, it was smell. That makes sense. I mean, a lot of yeah. creatures that are f- way further down the food chain primarily use smell as a sense. I mean, it seems pretty basic, right? <clears throat> right? Like you don't have to be that elaborate to be able to use it. Although it is elaborate enough to be your first sense, and it's highly functional, right? You can determine good, bad, a lot of things that you wouldn't even be able to see. You know, how often do you smell things that you'd have to hunt around for? I have this memory of a statement that sense or scent is the number one sense tied to memory. And I'm pretty sure that's from a commercial. Axe body spray. <laughs> is it? I remember. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, a guy walks through the hallway true? with a girl on each side and then the girls look at each other afterwards. Yeah. Yep. 
that that commercial was heavy rotation on like Comedy Central yeah, and yeah, ESPN when we were like it was when I lived in the Bay Area up there. Yeah, right, right. All right, cool. Well, we got to the bottom of a couple of things. We did. I guess we'll us. keep that segment in. Okay, yeah. Uh, what were you going to say? Let's get into So let's our, go to uh, media. Now, we both watched the same movie unno- unbeknownst to each other. Do you want to take... Th- you can take that and I'll chime in if you want. No, why don't you actually? Because I have three fucking movies. <laughs> okay. So it's called The Outpost. It's on Netflix. It is based on a true story. Um, a, a number of soldiers attempting to defend this outpost in Afghanistan the I enjoyed the movie as much as you can enjoy a, a movie about that was the, a weird word to choose. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was a good movie. It was a good movie. I mean man or, it's if you want to experience the futility of war, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's not even really something I should laugh about. But it's it's um it's very intense. It if it's it's definitely a war movie, so it has all the things you would expect from a war movie. But man, those guys are defending this place, which seems to have no value. It just—it's just a futile effort, and like the the fact that the that it was a futile effort wasn't lost on anybody there. They all knew, but it it was still real. Like the characters were really good. They were. They were. And I hate it when a war movie lacks that. You're just like, I mean, I'm not here to watch the bombs. Right. Not at all. Yeah. I, you know, at the end where the the credits roll and they show the the real person that yeah. the actor was oh my portraying. God. I, I, was, I was pretty, I was actually sobbing in that last Dude, scene. Dude, that was pretty I intense. I don't want to, yeah, yeah. The, the scene with the therapist or whatever. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that was hard, man. It was a hard movie to watch. And then, yeah, and then they followed that right up with the pictures of the, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess I would say that, as, as you said, it's a good movie. It's definitely not a, not a feel-good movie at all. But... What, are you, what are your thoughts on it critically? Like, um, like production-wise, rather, I mean. Like, how did you think it was made? I thought it was really well made. It was a Netflix movie, right? Yeah, I thought it was really had well made. a totally done. different tone, considering what we've been complaining about with them. Very different. It didn't feel like a Netflix movie at all. Yeah, so maybe that's just their action genre that does that. But Maybe. Well, this is an action. No, it's a war movie, I guess. Yeah. It's still, I guess. kind of gave me a Top Gun vibe, but for the Army, and, like, maybe for Clint Eastwood Jr. It's not Clint Eastwood Jr. What's his name? David I- Eastwood? Yeah, something like that. I don't okay. know. I don't remember his name. Probably doesn't matter. Probably doesn't matter. He, he was really good in it. God, he looks just like his dad. <laughs> he really does. The acting was really good. I, I thought the characters really come through, like you said. Um, you really feel for them, and you can feel the camaraderie that they have between each other. Yeah. And how much they have each other's back and what they're willing to do, you know. To, to get their buddy out kind of thing. It's I saw it yesterday, and I was still thinking about it today, which I don't usually, so it was pretty good. Okay. Overall, I, I thought it was really well shot. I didn't care for... Do you remember that bridge scene? I think there was only one bridge scene. Yes. Um, I didn't care for the way they shot that bridge scene. I became... I was really aware of the cameraman. Like, mm. I, or, I was... Or, or whoever... Or however it was being shot. I was just like, okay, that person's weaving in between the people. Like, like they're oh, clearly yeah. on one side of the pathway they'd be walking or avoiding the camera or whatever it is. And then they kind of, like, telegraphed the events of what followed. Right. By, like... But that said, uh, I, I really like the wide-angle shots they used for that. So... Um, yeah, I, I, now that you say Natasha, that, yeah. I it didn't take me out of it, but I can see what you're what you're saying. Yeah. 
Yeah. Natasha really pointed out how like Westerns use wide angles a lot and Tarantino focuses on that a lot and just what that does to to you as a viewer. And I was really aware of it in that shot. I liked it. I just didn't like the way they got to the shot. Mm-hmm. And anybody watching, you know, it won't ruin that scene, but I think you'll notice what I'm saying about the camera there. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like the camera work and the way they shot the, the, um, the scenes of like running the ammo to the guys in the firefight. Oh, yeah. That was great. Oh, that did a lot for that 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 character. It was intense. Yeah. It was super intense. Yeah. Good movie though. I what would you give it? Man, I have a hard time putting a rating on that movie. I, you I, know what? Let's pass. I'm fine yeah, with that on war movies. I, I typically don't watch war movies. I, I feel like you know, a movie's kind of a way to turn a profit and it seems really shitty to turn a profit off of like a tragedy and shit like that, you know? Yeah, but I in this instance at least I feel like they did a really good job telling the story and it, it, I didn't know that story before. I didn't either, and I it's yeah. certainly not a pro-war story. So nope. yeah. yeah, it was good. It yeah. was, but like it wasn't anti-war in a way that disrespected the no. people involved in it too, though. You know what I mean? Just really good. I thought I was talking to my dad last time I was up in Washington about what it was like uh, post the Vietnam War in this country and how soldiers were treated and how. It seems like at some point we figured out as a country how to separate the war from the warrior. Um, and I don't know when that happened. I talked to my dad about it, and he, he didn't really have a definitive answer either. All he could say was that by the time of the first Gulf War, it seemed like we were pretty much past able, that. Past that. Yeah, where we I, did, I would agree, yeah. It was did, a foreign thing to watch what happened in Vietnam. You had to get taught that. You had to be told that 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 you know baby killer and shit like that was a thing right right um and so you know in this movie you can watch it and i I think you can separate the war from the warrior and you can realize that god it was war sucks and and a lot of it is just defending hills that nobody should have to die on but we can still respect the warrior and and what they do and and that's i don't know if that's evolution but (laughs) I, uh, you said all what for, and you know, the only thing I could think of, you know, what they would do it for is at that point, you've been told where to be and you're following orders responsible. No, but, but like that, that doesn't, that doesn't keep you from walking away. You're doing it for the guys walking away is for the people. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, you can't walk away. Any of those people die. It's on you now, you know? So, and you love those people. So I don't know if I expressed that thought very clearly. No, I think you expressed it just fine, man. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So I'll move into my next thing I watched, um, which was also on Netflix, uh, the show Away, which came out recently. It's a show? Yeah, it's a series. Oh, okay. Um, starring Hilary Swink. It's about um, it's about a, a mission to Mars. Um, so these mm. ast- astronauts are right. Gonna, Did you like it? I didn't see it. I, re- it. I was excited when I saw the preview, and then I just never put it on. I did like it. I, I liked it a lot, actually. It was, I don't know, at least for me, it was like, a lot of it was profoundly sad, like very melancholy. Mm. Um, it, I think it gave me that vibe, yeah. Because it was like, you're going to be separated from people. It's fucking called away. Right. And I I think they did a really good job of showing the human aspect of it. Because it's, yeah, there's space stuff, and it's easy to create a crisis in every episode that kind of, the, the is the the hot center of the episode because you're going to Mars, so bad things can happen easily, right? Um, but 
that doesn't really take center stage. It's more about the interactions between the the astronauts and the people at home and, and what the people at home are doing. Um, I thought the music was good. It was it was interesting. It was unexpected, at least for me, the kind of the music they put in there. There was some real modern music or were they new songs? No. No. It wasn't. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, there was some religious, a lot of religious overtones, um, but I feel like they made sense in the fact that you're, these people are doing something that is so. That's a vibe amongst explorers, isn't it? Like Godspeed yeah. is a phrase. And right. It's like, I mean, that even within NASA, like I'm pretty sure most people that staff NASA are atheists. They still say Godspeed. Yeah. Yeah, so there were some religious, interesting religious overtones, but I didn't feel like it took me out of it, which it could have. Um, it's it was also interesting for me because a lot of it centers on her, the Hillary Swank, who's the commander of of the mission, and like how she how she acts as a leader. And I don't know if that's just my perspective because that's kind of my everyday life of, of like how you manage yeah. a team and things like that, but. Like you were impressed with her decision making, or you were? It was notable. It was notable in the way she managed the conflicts, um, sometimes well and sometimes not well. But then the way she was able to kind of pull it together, um, I found all that stuff really interesting. I don't know if you know people that don't do what I do would, but um, I really liked it. I liked it a lot. But it is it is not an upbeat upbeat <laughs> show at all. I will tell you, I watched, I binge watched like half of it on Friday night, and I got to like two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, shit, I want to watch more of this, but I'm meeting my buddy. We're going to the beach and stuff. I'm glad side. you didn't. Right? So I was like, I got to sleep. And then, of course, I was up till five the next morning. Yeah. And Fuck. then, but when, literally, when I woke up like three o'clock on Sunday afternoon, I did the show sheet and then I started. Show I, sheet. <laughs> and then I binged the rest of it. I watched the rest of it Sunday. Um, Even though it's kind of a downer, it wasn't bad. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't. It, so when you say a downer, it doesn't like put you in a bad mood? Uh, no, you might it need could. to pull out some tissues. Okay, but it's not like a downer. Like I'm gonna feel lonely. No, afterwards. I didn't feel like I didn't like go to okay. sleep feeling depressed. But it yeah. was it definitely. Like, I don't need the sads. No, like, no, it's not yeah. like that. But yeah. no, I I, I liked it a lot. I I would recommend it. I thought it was really well done. So I'm interested. Great. I'm interested to hear what you think about it. If you want. are they gonna have? Does it? Is it obviously gonna have a follow up season? My understanding is they've already signed up for two more seasons. I think. <laughs> oh, whoa. which is okay. great. I mean, at this point, so the, I yeah, actually I won't say what the end of the season okay. is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they built those sets though. Yes. Yes. They, <laughs> okay. The sets have All been right. built. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, I uh, actually hold on. I have notes on this piece of shit. So, uh, Terminator Salvation made it to Amazon. Oh, really? So I was like, oh, no, 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 not Salvation. Terminator Dark Fate, whatever the newest one was. Did you see that one? No. Alan, it's a Tencent production, that uh, Chinese company that's like a subsidiary of WeChat or whatever, all that shit, right? Oh, okay. Remember we were talking about them Uh with, uh, hey, is that still a thing? Are we canceling TikTok? I believe it's been rescued, although I don't know how. Wait, did Walmart buy them? Wasn't this a thing? Yeah, I think Walmart... Did we just get sucked into a black hole on that one? God damn it. He creates so many scandals, we forget about these... Sh- I completely fucking, that's, forgot. That's a ploy from the Russians. You create too many things that people don't remember the original. But, I think okay. Walmart and Microsoft, maybe? I don't know. I don't think anything cares. happens. It's Anyways, okay. So the first Terminator shows up in, I think it was Mexico, and she starts speaking English, even though everyone's speaking Spanish, right? Okay. So, like, my go-to is, all right, so in the future, apparently, like, Everyone speaks English, and the robot knows that, comes back here, just speaks English to everybody. It doesn't matter. But then, like, five minutes later, a new Terminator, because there's always two, right? 
They're mm-hmm. like uh, yeah. Jedi twins. Right. So, so the the next Terminator shows up, and he starts speaking Spanish. And I think he's he's in Mexico too because they ended up meeting at like an airport. I don't know. Um, and I was like, well, why does one speak Spanish and one doesn't? Is there like, is there like a there's probably like some future robot race war that I'm pretty sure Ivanka Trump is going to warn us of in like 2025. <laughs> Don't you think, given the fact that Tencent made it, it should have been more likely that they would have had the robot speaking Chinese? Is that actually you're right? I hadn't thought about that yet. <laughs> they were probably trying to get us riled up over these Mexicans versus American right? robots. The Chinese are trying to, uh, ah, yeah. Well, okay, so. Um, this is one of my only notes that I really wanted to get to on this though, was that that Terminator goes and starts talking to this actor named Enrique Arce. He's my least favorite character on Money Heist. Did you see Money Heist? Yes. You know, the bank manager that's like fucking the secretary or whatever. Yeah. That piece of shit. He's a piece of Like coward, whatever guy. He's in this movie and I'm just like, all I want to do is see a Terminator put a spike through him. <laughs> and then I fell asleep before I saw the end. I don't remember what happens to him. I think he might have died like off camera, but I, God, I just wanted to see Arturo Roman die. Um, uh, oh, I have a couple other thoughts. Um, so while they were, I think, in Mexico, um, th- it's, this seemed like one of those situations where it's probably white riders because the brother's name was Diego mm. and the dog's name was Taco. <laughs> I'm saying this movie's racist. This movie describes a future robot race war and has a brother named Diego and a dog named Taco. Like, I'm not supposed to be offended by this. Wow. Yeah. That's all. I don't, I mean, I, there, um, it really, there's really a robot race war? No. Okay. I don't think so. I didn't stay awake long enough. Uh, uh what's her name? Linda Hamilton shows up. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, arm. um, oh, 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 that one lady that said it was a Terminator, I forgot. She's like a plug in hybrid. Um, she's like the Prius of Terminators. Yeah, she says she's enhanced. Oh, yeah. Maybe she has those um, carbon sheets as her power supply. Oh, maybe actually. Yeah. You know what? Come to think of it, I think you were right, man. I think the Chinese were the racist ones when they made this movie. <laughs> it wasn't so much that they played the Mexican hat dance as much as when the skeleton Terminators started acting out the Mexican hat dance that I thought was really racist. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm probably not going to watch this movie, given your review. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm really starting to think the writers of the Terminator series are making this up. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's that's, starting to. That's your conclusion? Okay. You know what sucks? I spent a lot of time on the uh, Terminator movie. I also watched The Trial of the Chicago 7, which I encourage you to watch, and maybe we can review it next week, give everybody a chance to see it. Cool, I haven't I seen it. I thought it was really good. Okay. Uh, it's Aaron Sorkin's second directing, um, not debut, because the first one was the debut. Um, his first directing, his directing debut was Molly's Game like a year and a half ago or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the theme of his first two movies is that the government will screw you over if they don't like you. Molly's Game had that guy from The Wire in it, right? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, uh, fuck, um, the white cop, right? Yeah. Is that where, the, I, oh, was I was like McNulty? Uh, and the, 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 no, the, like the drug... Uh, dealer oh, was he not in? Was McNulty not in it? He's been so. he's been in a lot of movies lately. I just assumed that. No, was I think the 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 drug dealer kingpin guy. What's his name? Fucking Stringer Bell. Not Stringer Bell. The, oh, the guy after. Yeah. Wait, no, Stringer yeah. Bell. No, you're right. Fuck Stringer Bell. Idris Elba. Yes. Isn't Man, he? In I Molly's like game? Idris Elba, but fuck Stringer Bell. Isn't he in Molly's Game though? I I didn't see it. Oh, I think he I just is. know what it was about. Yeah. I, I wasn't interested in a poker game. I was like, well, that's fucked up, but. 
That's a that's a real story too, right? That's based on yes, yeah. yes. It's about the government fucking her over because she held a high stake poker's game with like celebrities. Right. Like, who cares? Like, you know, if a million people did it and everybody lost a dollar each, who cares? Also, who cares? But the government does, so they'll screw you, which is the point of this movie too. But it's more fun, I think. You like uh, Stringer Bell or no? As a character or as an yeah. actor? I mean, I enjoyed the character, but I hated that guy. Well, I mean, he's a yeah in the in the show. He's not a good person. Oh, uh, I think a lot of people think he was like the good guy of the bad guys. I oh. thought he was a condescending prick, always acting like you gotta go to school, you gotta be. You know, yeah. and it's like, fuck you, man. Like, we're all out here trying to fucking survive. Like, that guy was always condescending to all the guys. Yeah, I hated that guy. Yeah, Idris Elba is, is in Molly's game. Nice. Yeah. Nailed it. All right, cool. I don't know how years later I still get upset about Stringer Bell. <laughs> like, I'm not even listening to you. I'm just thinking about how much I don't like that guy. <laughs> that show was, was quite impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was it. All right. Another... Oh, I have a quote. Oh, sweet. Alan. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we don't always have a quote, but I liked this one. Uh, uh, it's by George Box, a, uh, let's see, he was a British statistician who worked in the areas of quality control, time series analysis, design experiments, and Bayesian interference, and has been called one of the great statistical minds of the 20th century. All models are wrong, but some are useful. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, me too. I like that a lot. No offense, Alan. None taken. Oh, shit. That was fun. Cheers. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> that was fun. Now this is podcasting.